And it's Weekly Comics Monthly, and I'm Zach Hawkins. And I'm Jim Purcell. And once again, welcome back to the podcast that talks about the two best anthology comics on the market, 2000 AD um, of the British Isles, and Weekly Shonen Jump from the ra- land of the rising sun, Japan. Yes, yes. Been a, been a while. It has been a while. Took another, bit, took another bit of a small hiatus between these ones. Yeah, unfortunately, I was consumed by Overwatch and Dark Souls 3. Uh, my bad. Life of a hardcore gamer. Yes. <laughs> This is why I'm PC and I'm incredibly selective about what I play. I mean, that, that being said, I've actually been pretty addicted to Undertale recently. Undertale's so. a game. Yeah, it's a game. <laughs> it's an RPG, so people are either like it or they don't like it. I gotta, I gotta get to that. Um, I, I honestly have been putting it off, so one of these days. I think it's like $15, $15 or something, so it's not an expensive yeah. thing. Pretty sweet game, though. Um, so, what have you been up to this last month? Well, well I'll be honest, but other than playing a lot of Dark Souls, which was like 60, 70 hours to get through, and, and Overwatch, which I plugged in about 25 hours, which, is, for those who don't know, Dark Souls is a action RPG that is very hard, or it touts itself to be very difficult, and it's in its third iteration now. I mean, there's technically like five Souls games. There's uh, Demon Souls, Three Dark Souls, and Bloodborne, which are all kind of in the same genre. Uh, I've, I'm a big fan of the Dark Souls of them, and of course, I don't buy new games very often, so when Dark Souls 3 rolled around, it was one of those rare occasions where I was really excited to play a game. It was entertaining. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot more than Dark Souls 2. I don't think it's as good as Dark Souls 1. It's good. Overwatch, on the other hand, of course, is a first-person shooter, uh, um, Objective-based, like Team Fortress 2. A lot of... I love, I love Team Fortress 2. Yeah. You so like Team Fortress. I reckon I should give Overwatch yeah, a try. If, you, if you like Team Fortress 2, you'll love Overwatch. Um, it's got some MOBA elements. It, 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 unlike Team Fortress 2, where you basically can have like 12 or 24 players, it's a very strict 6-on-6 six six sort of thing. There's no like servers. You, you have to go through the matchmaking, which is kind of irritating for pickup games with friends. Because you kind of, that must that must take a while. Yeah, you've kind of got to all coordinate, which is a bit of a pain in the ass, honestly. But it's it's hmm. fun. It's well designed. It looks great. It plays great. I it's a, it's going to probably be a mainstay of my game video gaming for quite a while. Hmm. Um, all I re- all I really know about Overwatch at this point is one half of the fandom appears to be screaming that all the women are lesbians, another half seems to be screaming that they're not lesbians, and then there's like. Ten people just huddled in a corner crying, yeah. saying something along the lines of, um, lot, lot, it's, high, "It's high noon." Lot, lots of waifus and husbandos uh, in that yeah. game. God, God damn it, internet! Yeah, I know. Um, but honestly, what I've been doing the last week is I've been getting caught up on uh, Dragon Ball Super, the anime. Um, mm. I am not a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. I mean, I watched it growing up. I it influenced me a bit in some of my interests, but as far as, you know, fighting anime go, I'm not a huge fan of that sort of thing. Um, when the movie started coming out, uh, um, Battle of Gods, uh, Resurrection of F, I watched Battle of Gods, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it, would, I thought it, it, it towed an interesting line of doing something interesting by, while also kind of staying in the similar formula. Resurrection of F, which was the return of Frieza, of course, was kind of weak, honestly, kind of mediocre, but it was entertaining for a movie. They decided to roll out an anime series 
you know, on the on the back of these the success of these movies, Dragon Ball Super. Uh, yeah. The unfortunate thing is the first two arcs, like the first I want to say thirty five episodes, is a retelling of the two movies, uh, Battle of Gods and Resurrection Map. So I got about four episodes into it, and I said I don't really want to rewatch this in, 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 a, in a bloated uh, TV version. Mm. So, so, um, I, I dropped watching it until mm. a couple of weeks ago when they started putting out promotional material for the next arc that's going to be starting this week. Apparently, it's all about the return of future Trunks and yeah. the quote-unquote Goku Black, evil Goku, who's going to yeah. cause trouble. Unfortunately, unfortunately named villain character, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so anyway, when I heard that coming out, I was marginally interested in what it what it could be, but turns out there have been two more arcs since they did the Resurrection of F-Arc, so I decided to go back to episode 35, which was the first arc of what's called a Universe 7 arc, and I decided to just catch up, because it's all new material from that oh. point on. Isn't isn't Toriyama writing all this? As far as I understand, Toriyama is plotting it, and other people are writing it, which... You, oh, okay. you kind of see in in it a lot. Um, just to just to go back real quick, the Universe Seven arc, unfortunately, is a um a martial arts tournament arc, which Dragon Ball has all the time. All the time, oh. it was literally one of the earliest. So so so, so guess what the stakes are this time? It's the entire Dragon Ball universe versus the mirror Dragon Ball universe. Oh, yeah, wow. it's a mere... They, they didn't steal that idea from Smash Brothers Brawl at yeah. all, did they? Um, so, of course, you've got Goku, Vegeta, Piccolo, Boo, kind of, and then there's the... Uh, how do I explain this? There's a ringer character who's brought in by who is the... Beers is the god of destruction. He's a character who was introduced in uh, Battle of Gods. He, he's yeah. the villain in Battle of Gods who inevitably becomes Goku's uh, uh, trainer. Ally, ally trainer. Yeah. He, well, he's not really an ally, but yeah, basically. So he brings in a quote-unquote ringer who is supposed to be the strongest in the universe, stronger than Goku. So anyway, so it's these five guys versus Mirror Universe Frieza, a Mirror Universe Saiyan, um, and then a giant Winnie the Pooh, a robot of some kind, and what? the biggest, hit, the, the, the most powerful hitman in the universe named Hit. Who's oh man! Now, to be fair, the giant Winnie the Pooh was a hilarious fight. The, the robot was nothing, but mm. Hit was actually a really interesting character. And when he comes back, it'll be cool. He he's got like time stop powers. But anyway, oh. anyway, just 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 to back up just a sec because I've gotten a little bit ahead of myself. I mean, it, it's kind of this interesting dynamic, and the way the 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 alternate universe Saiyan is used with Vegeta is, is got like an interesting dynamic. But the problem with this arc to be honest, is it is the, one of the most poorly animated chunks of Dragon Ball I've ever seen. I saw some of the... Well, it's done by Toei, yeah. and Toei hasn't done anything good yeah, well, in, in like, three decades. Well, the way, it, so. the, way it, the way I understand it is, there's, Toei doesn't do the animation themselves, they outsource it, and they have like three oh. or four different studios they outsource episodes to to keep the workflow going. So some oh. episodes look way worse than others depending on what studio is doing it that week. There, that's, that's there's, not right. There's this hilarious... Well, to be fair, a lot of animes do it this way, but Toei, in order to keep prices, uh, costs down, do it hard. Uh, 
It's really mm-hmm. noticeable. This arc is just... I don't know... Like I said, I, did, I was never a huge Dragon Ball fan. I watched a big, good chunk of it, but I don't remember everyone standing around talking quite this much. Because that's all they do for half an episode, it seems, is standing around mm-hmm. talking. And then there's like yeah. 30 seconds of actual fighting, which is generally just the same animation loop panned slightly. It's just a really poorly animated arc, and I'm absolutely shocked I managed to actually get through it, because hilariously, after this arc finally ends, there's a filler arc. It's not really filler in this case. It would be treated as filler if it was, like, adapting a manga, but it's not, so it's not really filler. But there's a there's a mini, mini arc between the, the Universe 6 arc and the upcoming Future Trunks arc, and that chunk of, like, four episodes is the best animated Dragon Ball I've seen in decades. It's bizarre how it goes from the, the fighting chunk that's like tw- uh, 10, ep- 10 or 12 episodes long is the worst looking to this chunk that is excellent and it's well written <laughs> and the fights are good. It's bizarre. I, I wonder who they're um, outsourcing it to. Yeah, um, probably, what, what animation studios they do it. They're um, probably just some Korean studios. They, yeah, I was I was thinking that. But I really hope but the Trunks arc really keeps up that quality. I, I kind of hope that what happened was there was, a, there was a cutoff for, like, whatever the seasons are, and then they just got more money for this current period. And so I hope the quality kind of sticks up, stays up. Because uh, mm-hmm. this future Trunks arc sounds really interesting. And the best part is, well, you didn't see Battle of God, so you don't know what's going on with Trunks. And uh, you know who Lord Pilaf is? The little gremlin uh, guy? And he's got his sidekicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I recognize the name and I recognize the character description, but I don't. I've not seen. Well, well one, one, uh, one of his henchmen is a is a is a is a girl named May, and off camera they wished on Dragon Balls to restore their youth, and they got turned into children. And mm. so Trunks and May have this girlfriend boyfriend thing going on, which is hilarious because it's like a, <laughs> she's like a fifty year old woman in a in a kid's body, and so she's going to be in the future Trunks arc, hopefully predominantly. Well, oh yeah, she's in all. She's in all the promotional material, yeah. Uh, right, I do remember yeah. that. I remember it. It's, it's been like bloody years since I've watched anything Dragon Ball yeah. related. So. It's still dumb as dumb as rocks, but I'll be honest, it's oh, been course. entertaining at least binging it like this. Hmm. So I reckon. Yeah. If that's the thing. Yeah. So yeah, I reckon the I reckon the last ever episode of Dragon Ball I watched as a kid was the one where Goku learned to drive. Ah, yes, that, I want to say that might have been my breaking point as well. Yeah. Because I know, <laughs> and I, I got through the Freeza arc, which is when that takes place after, and then they got to the yeah. Android arc, I kind of quit. Mm, yeah, I, I know very, very little about the Androids, because other, other than what I've read on like the wikis and yeah. um, the Xenoverse games, I, I don't remember a heck of a lot about what those characters' deals are. I'll be honest, are. my big gateway back into Dragon Ball is Dragon Ball Z Abridged, which is an anime series where they recut and rewrite oh, the Team 4 the team Star four-star stuff. That is sort of my definitive Dragon Ball now, and that's sort of, oh, that yeah. is sort of what kept the fire alive to be interested in these, uh, Z mo- these new movies and Super. It's really, really weird... Uh, be, basically seeing the Team Four Star voices being the voices and now listening to it dubbed. Goku's, Goku's voice is so weird. Yeah. Well, it, not as weird as it was for me when I was watching it as a kid, so I all Goku had a typical deep male voice yeah. and then watching the 
uh, the subversions years later and going, what the hell is going on with his voice? Yeah. Because obviously they got like a 15-year-old girl to voice. She, she's apparently like a 60 or 70-year-old woman. But, oh, okay. I have that completely to, wrong. to be fair, she's been voicing Goku since day one. Yeah. Way back in Dragon Ball. That must be like what it's like for the uh, young lady who has to voice Luffy in One Piece. She's been voicing him for like 20 years now. Uh-huh. I actually don't, I don't think I've ever watched any One Piece. Uh, don't the animation's awful? Yeah, but I, I don't think I've ever watched any of it uh, uh, subtitled. I think I've only seen some of the bad dubs. Oh, oh yeah. You watch some of the movies, though. Some of the movies are excellent. Yeah, I, the one that came out a few years ago, um, oh, I forget the name of it. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, the Strong World? Yeah, Strong World. I wanted to watch that, but I never did. got around to it. Was hmm. Strong World any good? Strong World's probably one of the better ones. Ah, okay. And then there was one that I believe was directed by Sotishi Khan. Um, Which is the guy who did uh, Girl Who Left Through Time? Yeah, uh, no, it's the guy who did... Um, Millennium Actress. Paranoia yes. Agents and Millennium... Yeah, and stuff like that. He he directed one of the movies, and that's that's the best one. Ah. Mainly because it's kind of weird and scary and creepy. Um, yeah, it's weird that some big, big-shot directors do some of these uh, these movies. Like, Miyazaki, of course, did a, did a loop on the third movie. And the guy, mm. the guy who did Summer Wars and uh, Girl Who Left Through Time, he did a Digimon movie. He did. I remember that now. Yeah. Which, which Summer Wars ripped brilliant. the plot off of. Yeah. To be fair, I like Summer Wars, yeah. though. So, that, that, that's a pretty neat little movie. So, what about you? What have you been up to? Um... A few months ago, I moved out and I moved into my own apartment. Um, yeah. So yeah. at last, at last. Uh, downside to this was I was without internet for like a month. Yeah. So that's that's kind of another reason why the last episode we didn't do one for for the month of May. Um, the advantage to this meant I did have electricity, so I was able to make some headway on these massive stacks of DVDs and Blu-rays. I not got around to watching for a while. Um, Kind of watched a lot of the old classics I haven't watched in years, things like The French Connection, uh, Get Carter. Watched a lot of crime films, stuff like that. Um, a lot of Italian horror. Um, should probably talk about Giallo and stuff like that in the future because that's a genre I have a lot of love yeah. for. But um, that does Italian horror. Uh, yeah, Italian murder mystery uh, slash slash supernatural things like Suspiria and. Uh, Kind of witchcraft horror movies. They're, they're pretty neat. They've got a different feel to them to American horror movies. Gotcha. Um, I've been watching a lot of sci-fi as well. Actually, I've discovered that there are a number of movies you can attribute directly to the 2000 AD um, lexicon. You can, like, you can see the influence either in 2000 AD or the influence of 2000 AD add on uh, these movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, we all know there's three... Um, well, no, there's two 2000 AD movies, because I'm not including the Stallone movie, because it's fucking awful. Wait, there's two? <laughs> there's Hardware, which I don't know if you're aware of. Hardware is a 19... I want to say 1989? Just let me double-check on this. It was um, it was based on a um, Judge Dredd Future Shock story, which didn't feature Dredd, it was just set in, like, the, uh, the Dredd world. Yeah. Uh, it went uncredited as an adaptation. Um, yeah, Hardware, 1990. It was an adaptation of uh, a small six-page future shock about a robot that was discovered in the Cursed Earth. Oh. 
and um, basically it, it it was used as an exhibition piece by this kind of snobby upper class Mega City One um, artsy fartsy woman. It was just like it, oh, it shows the existential nature of humanity and robots and stuff like that. But the robot starts rebuilding itself and eventually goes on a killing spree in the block. Okay, and. Um, the, the the movie didn't feature judges. It wasn't called Mega City One, but it was um, there was like a, a radioactive wasteland that existed beyond the wall in what's left of America, oh. with a like a, a dictatorship on the inside. And the plot is exactly the same. It's a snooty woman who buys bits of a robot, which reactivates itself and goes on a killing spree. Um, the director Richard Stanley didn't credit it as being based on. Um, uh, Shock by Steve McManus and Kevin O'Neill. So later on, when Steve McManus saw it at the cinema, he went, "Hang on, that's my story." Oh, sorry, sorry. So they they got taken they got taken to court, and basically any copy you get now is uh, listed as being based on Shock by Steve McManus and Kevin O'Neill. Oh, okay. So so it was plagiarized, or a- it was it was a plagiarize of. Um, a 2000 AD story, but now it's considered no official 2000 AD film. Weird. Weird. Yep. Indeed. It's a really good film, actually. Yeah? Really, really yeah. good. Yeah. I think you could get it on uh, Netflix. Oh. So, oh, wow. I'd, re- I'd really recommend that. Uh, yes. 1990. Uh, and obviously, there's the awesome, awesome 2012 Dread movie with Carlo Of course. I don't know a single 2080 fan who doesn't love that movie. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't love it. I, you don't love I it? I like it a lot, but I think it's got a few problems. Okay, um, that's cool. It, 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 I won't go into my details, but I, I think it, it's, it's yeah. of course, superior to Stallone's effort, and it looks great. Yeah. But I, I feel its plot is beneath a Dread movie. I think it's a hmm. little bit too low-key for its own good. And I I did like how it was kind of a mixture of the very first yeah. Dread story and um, some of the later crime-based ones. I feel it, it lacked the black humor that Dread really <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. There are, of course, a few movies that can be linked directly to 2000 AD. Um, one of these being Damnation Alley. This is um, a, a movie based off... Um, a novel, I believe. I have not read the novel, so I don't know how well it holds yep, up. I, I, I mind, that, the novel's on my to-read list. Uh, coincidentally, a friend <laughs> of mine loaned me a book called Seven Princes of Amber, which was a fantasy novel, uh, which was written by the same guy, which I picked up a bundle of his books in a humble bundle, which included Damnation Alley. I just have <laughs> not gotten to read it yet. Okay. But it came out in 1977, so a year before the Cursed Earth epic started, and it's... You do, I do have to wonder whether Pat Mills actually saw Damnation Alley. Uh, probably, he probably read the book. I, probably read the I book. would not be shocked if that sort of thing would go on back in those early days. Because hmm. it is the closest we've ever got to um, seeing the Cursed Earth on the silver screen. It's It's very much in line with what we read in The Cursed Earth and Hot Dog Run. And the, the, isn't, the, isn't the vehicle a lot like the Hell Trekker? It's a lot like the Hell Trekker, actually. It's, it doesn't have the Caterpillar tracks at the back, but it is basically just... It, it's a large armoured vehicle made to live in uh, a radioactive wasteland, right. so they can't, right. be, they can't be too dissimilar. It's a, it's a pretty rad film, actually. There's some 
really, really fitting music, like um, from Jerry Goldsmith. Yep. It is really neat, really nice direction. There's some. Um, Did you watch it on Blu-ray? Really, uh, no, on uh, DVD. Okay. You can only get it on DVD. There's no Blu-ray oh, for well, it. Oh, there's a Blu-ray uh, for it here in North America. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's 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 a pretty rad film. I would seriously recommend it. The the acting's a bit hammy. Yeah, it's got yeah. it's got John Michael Vincent in it. You said, who you I said it came out in seventy seven. Yeah, seventy seven. Okay. So it's it's so old pre Star um, Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's got John Michael Vincent in it, who basically looks like he's drunk all the way through this film. Like he had to get himself drunk before acting in it. Because he wasn't getting paid for Airwolf anymore at this point. Oh, so. oh the Airwolf guy. I wasn't. Yeah, Airwolf guy. <laughs> Talk a little bit more about him later, because in another film I watched. Um, following on from that, there's Rollerball, uh, yes. which is... The quintessential future sports movie. Yeah. I, I This is actually the first time i ever seen this movie. I really friggin' dig it. This is 1975, so once again, it predates 2000 AD, yeah. and basically the influence for every future sport comic in 2000 AD. Uh, um, well, for the most, most of them, definitely for Harlem Heroes, and I'd say a little bit for... Um, I don't, I've never seen Rollerball. I'm not even sure what their sport is like. I assume it's like a, it's like um, Roller Derby kicked up. It is a, it, it's a roller derby, it's a super violent roller derby, so in that respect it's not all that similar to um, Harlem Heroes, right. uh, but it, it, when you boil down to, they just replaced roller skates with jetpacks. Of course. And, and that's, that's where the difference is in. It's still all about throwing balls and goals oh, while kill, yeah. killing your opponents. Yeah, brutally. It, there's some pretty graphic death sequences in this yeah, one. That, uh, this, that, one you, this one you can get on Blu-ray in the UK. That so. movie and probably Death Race 2000, probably. Were the- oh, yeah, Death Race. That, that was one of them I didn't watch. I, I, I saw it years ago, and all I remember about it is Sylvester Sloan has a stroke in a cafe. That's all I remember. Uh, I need to rewatch that movie at some point. I just remember it being not very good. Uh, what else was the... Zero? Oh, Zero. Um, Extro. Extro is a friggin' weird trilogy of movies. Um, I think the best way I could describe the first one is it's a future shock in the most gory sense possible. It's almost like, I'm pretty sure Kevin O'Neill might have actually had something to do with this movie because the, um, the alien looks like, um, it looked like it creeped out of Nemesis the Warlock. It's a bizarre kind of cult movie yeah. about um, a man who's just out walking his dog one day with his son and he gets abducted by aliens as you do and then he returns ten years later and the way he returns to Earth has to be one of the most disturbingly unique rip off well not a rip off of um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind because it, it this movie was created directly to be the opposite of Close Encounters. Encounters. Where's Close Encounters? The aliens are friendly. The tagline for Extra is, not all extraterrestrials are friendly. Ah. Yeah. It's basically... That sounds more more like a reference to E.T. Yeah. But this is the kind of movie that was created in, like, a a flea pit cinema as a way of opposing um, Spielberg's success with those two movies. It's... 
it's, it's pretty graphic and pretty violent and also very actually genuinely scary. The, the, the way the father comes back to Earth to visit his son is just horrifying. It's, I didn't realise at the point when I was watching it, I was going, right, so there's an alien, it's walking around in the woods, enters this house, there's a woman there, and she ends up getting this thing, like, attached to her face. And I was like, oh, I really hope that's not, like, some kind of probing. And then the next scene, the fully grown father who's returned to Earth erupts out of her chest in, a like, a fountain of blood. Yeah. And everything, it's just like, it's the most disgusting, unexpected, cynical horror movie I've ever seen. But it's also actually really daring and bold and brilliant. And it, it, the plot is not dissimilar to E.T. Right. Um, about, obviously, human interactions with aliens. But this time it's just completely bitter and cynical. And everyone in it's a horrible person. Um, whereas in E.T. it's, you know, it's all sunshine and happiness, kind of. Um it's a really, really odd movie. It got two sequels, none of which are related to any anything that happened in the first movie or to one another. All you need to know about Extro 2 is it's once a guy has got uh, Jan Michael Vincent drunk in it, uh, killing a rip-off alien queen. And the second movie's got... Um, I mean, the third movie's got this little grey alien going around killing some marines. It's Predator, but a lame version of Predator. They're an odd trilogy. Yeah. I bring them up as I bring them up as 2018 movies mainly because of the first right. one. Because I, I, I'm I'm almost certain he's not listed anywhere, but I'm positive Kevin O'Neill had something to do with it. Because the alien somewhat similar to Nemesis. It, the, the alien is like something that you would find in Nemesis. Okay. You know that kind that kind of body horror. Um, you know violence. And it's, it's, it's all kind of... Sp- I actually believe a bit of it's like a... a ch- it's got like a chainsaw in its chest or something like that. It's it's pure O'Neill. It's a pretty disturbing movie, but I would recommend it to people who aren't faint-hearted. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it is good. I just pulled up a review uh, by James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd. He does reviews of horror movies all the time. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he got, he's, got, a, he's got a review on it that I'm going to check out as soon as we're done recording. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I believe it was fairly positive. James is he's, he's a good guy. And then there was one more movie I watched that's kind of linked to 2080. It's called Dead End Driving. It's a post-apocalyptic survival movie. Um, it's tangently linked to Mad Max um, because it's it's an it's, it was it's an Australian production. Okay. Um, so it's got that Mad Max feel to it, and like the first Mad Max film. There's not been a total disintegration of society yet. There's still some semblance of order, but there's gangs of like delinquents going around. There's no real kind of justice Authority, system. Yeah. yeah, and it's it, it's really neat like that. That there's this one guy who basically gets messed with once too many times, and he starts to patrol the um, uh, the highways, just basically taking out any gang that he goes. It's like. You, you you look like you're up to no good. Takes a shotgun out and kills all of them. Um, it it's, it kind of reminded me of Cursed Earth Coburn in a way. A guy who used to be a cop but was disgraced and basically becomes a vigilante after a certain yeah. point. Yeah. So I, I really dig this movie. Um, 
I think, believe this, this one's on Netflix as well, but it's got a Blu-ray coming out in the UK, okay. and uh, you can get it on DVD in America. Just, I really, I really, really advocate this to anyone who likes the Cursed Earth stories yeah, just, just read, and likes the Mad Max Reading movie. the description here on Wikipedia, it seems a bit boy and his dogish. It is a little bit, going towards that. It's, it is an odd film. I really, really dig it. I will check that one out. That one sounds cool. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, as I said, it's basically a movie for anyone who liked the Mad Max films. Cool. Cool. There were, there were, there were a bunch of movies like that. There's like... Um, oh, yeah. Some, Frogtown? What is How is it? Oh, Hell Comes Hell to Frogtown. Hell Frogtown. That's a weird fucking yeah. movie. Yeah. I remember um, they used to play that in, in the afternoon in syndication on a local TV channel when I was a kid. It, yeah, I can picture it. They come up about once a year uh, whenever they weren't playing Spaceballs again. Yeah. Just just any kind of B-movie they can find. Yeah, I've just basically been watching a lot of shitty sci-fi movies. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you said you watch... You, you have discs of these, or you watch some of them on Netflix? Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm generally a physical media guy. Yeah. If, if I can support the medium like that, then I will. Um, I support it, too, but I'm a snob. If, if it's not on Blu-ray, I don't buy it. Oh yeah, me especially too. live action. I find that it just looks were oh too bad to watch standard mm. definition on the on an HD well, screen. Well, it's actually funny you bring that up because I um I mentioned earlier I rewatched the French Connection recently, yeah. and and I was watching the English Blu-ray of that, and they've tampered with oh. the, the color saturation. Oh, so everything looks kind of gray and blue. Yes, yeah, no, kind of bolt gun blue. It's oh, it's yes. horrible. Gene Hack- yes. Gene Hackman looks like a stop motion puppet in there. Yeah, the uh, sometimes sometimes the people who put put out the Blu-rays they tamper with things like the 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 grain, the DN, they they remove the grain, they 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 wash things out, they they conjigger things, they run it through some algorithms, and it just ruins the the picture of the movie sometimes. Well, apparently the um, the decision to uh, refilter and resaturate this was actually the director's idea, ah. um, and the the cinematographer after he saw that streaming walked out halfway through the film and said, "You fucking ruined it." Yep. Yeah, uh, uh, and it, it's it's not the best looking. Um, James, James, but I got it. James Cameron did something similar to Aliens Two, compared to compared mm. to Alien Alien One by Ridley Scott. He just he just got rid of all of that film grain, just throw it in the trash and everything looks like it's yeah. made of wax. Yeah. He, hate, he uh, hates film grain. <laughs> yeah. It, I, as much as I love Aliens, I will admit um, the, it doesn't look a lot like Alien. It, it feels like it's two completely different yeah, are, universes. Yeah. yeah, they are very different movies. Right. Yeah, that ba- that's basically summed up my mind. Yep. Movies. Anime. Movies, movies, movies. Yeah, movies and anime. They Shocker uh, Yeah. I, I need to catch up with Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. Like I said, get on a, get on Dragon Ball Wikipedia and see where the... Well, actually, what you should probably do is watch Battle of Gods first, the movie. Yeah. Watch that first and then decide if you want to continue. Because if that doesn't grab you, then then uh, the rest of it probably won't either. Hmm. Yeah. Who knows? It might actually rekindle my love for the, uh, the franchise. Uh, actually, talking about Dragon Ball, that brings us nicely into the Shonen Jump Sphere, which is what we'll be using to kick off the in-depth discussions for this month's episode. Um, 
I talked a little bit last time. Oh, I, I usually open up by talking about the news. There really isn't a heck of a lot of news to talk about this time. It's been a pretty slow couple of months. I don't think there's any major announcements. Not for, not than, for Jump. Not for Jump, no. Naruto and Hunter Hunter came back, which we're going to talk about Naruto later. Yeah. But specifically, we want to talk about Hunter Hunter because Hunter Hunter has had a really patchy publication history over the last two Very years. Very much so. Uh, you, you've yeah. read mu- uh, a lot of Hunter Hunter? Uh, I, yeah, well, I watched the anime. Okay. Uh, you can watch that on Hulu, I think. Um, it's like, it's like a, maybe you can tell me what the fuck is going on. Is going on. <laughs> yeah. I actually reckon what Tagashi has done here is kind of genius. Is it? Is it, is it? is it? Is it avant-garde? Is it from the village? <laughs> what? What the hell's going on here? It's right. What it basically is is when Hunter Hunter left last time, there was the whole we're going to go to the Dark Continent and rescue these civilians that have been stranded there as part of the first expedition. Then there was the whole subplot about the. 20 inheritors to the king's throne and the whole kind of inter-family conflict that's going on there. We had one chapter last month that covered both those plot threads, brought us up to date, reminded us what was going to be, because this series has been away for two years, so we needed a reminding about what was going on there. Then cut, we, got, we got a tournament fight. Yeah. Between two characters, I have no idea what they're what, who they are. And this is what's genius about it, because... These two characters, Crollo Lucifer and Hisoka, have had a rivalry going on since, like, chapter 10. This fight has been, like, signposted for as long as the series has been going, and people have been wanting to see this conclusion to the, like, the blood feud these two have for each other. So after a two-year hiatus where basically anyone except the most hardcore fans have turned away from Hunter Hunter because there's been a lot of vitriol about Togashi online over the last two years. Um, he's basically said, right, okay, I'm come back. You can have this fight. You can have this fight. I'm going to end this plot thread. One of them's going to die. And then I'll move on to Dark Constant Dark. That's kind of genius, actually, because it manages to bring people back in. Because a lot of people will turn away and go, uh, I don't care if the series has come back because I don't care about the Dark Continent arc. Mm. I don't care about any of that shit. And then they're going to hear online, oh, what's this? Crollo and Hisoka are finally having their throwdown? I guess I'm going to have to read it now. Okay. Problem, as long as this is, is relevant to the series, because I could not make heads or tails of what, how, what this has to do with anything. It is definitely something that's been signposted from very early on in the series. It's not something that's just kind of cropped up for the sake. It's not a fight that's happening just to fill time. Okay. So that's what I really like about it because. Sorry, just a minute. Because Hisoka is basically he's the. Um, I don't want to say he's a protagonist, but he's he's an antihero. Okay. He's basically he is, he's the, joke, the clown the dude. Joker dude, he is, um... Uses gum. Well, yeah, he's a masochist, basically. He hate he, he loves inflicting pain on people, and he loves receiving the pain. He loves this whole kind of fight that's going on. This is the whole sole existence of him within the series, is he likes to fight. That's why whenever he turns up, he's never in any of the big story-driven story arcs. He's usually just in, like, these arena fighter arcs. Gotcha. 
whereas Crow Lucifer is the leader of a underground group of criminals, which is a very um, like group of characters that only ever crop up when there's a story-driven story arc. So basically what um, Tagashi has done is he's kind of intersected at this point and said, I'm going to have to like whittle down the status quo because I've got too many characters going on. So I'm going to have to kill off one of the main characters. Um, considering the main character of the series, uh, Gone, has not been in the series for like 50 chapters now. Uh, yeah. It's basically all kind of passed off to these two guys and these two guys are going to have to like, well, who's the, who's the new main character? Which I kind of like, because um, I really like how this arc has turned out so far, because it is just basically one big throwdown. But um, it's just basically... The thing is with Hunter x Hunter, it's not like Bleach or Dragon Ball, where it's like characters will go off and train and they'll get this whole new set of powers. Yeah. These people have got, like, one specific power, and they're going to have to learn how to use it in as many different ways as possible. Yeah, they seem kind of esoteric in the way their powers mm. work. Oh, like, yeah, Trollos is a complete cop-out, because he can basically clone other people's in a book, abilities yeah. and put it in his book. Yeah. That book is his power. He's kind of a cop-out and overpowered as shit, whereas Hisoka is... He, he, he just has this dumb thing, which is like a super sticky elastic power, which has been awesome in previous arcs, and it's kind of lame in this fight, because his, uh, Krolo has basically cloned everyone in the arena to be bombs. and then to be bombs, <laughs> and he's I love this bit where they're all going World War Z, yeah. they're basically yeah. making giant, like, moving pillars. I gotta say, of, it's, of it's no wonder this the, the artist is like, killing himself, the amount of the yeah. people he has to draw on any given panel. See, yeah. In fact, you can tell he's kind of... Some some of the art is, like, really, really loose and loopy. Oh, yeah. There was like a panel in the most recent yeah. issue. There, there was a panel in the most recent issue where I think it's Hisoka is kind of, like, spinning in a circle. And rather than it actually looking like a figure, it's just a series of lines that's roughly in the shape of a person. Yeah. It, 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 I can be forgiving on the guy because he has... He's just cut out of, like, um, back surgery. So he's got, like, a metal bar in his back now. He's also got spina bifida, which is not a good condition to have. But um, the art is is super, super loose at the minute. I mean, it makes early uh, Matt Wagner look like, I don't know, Jack Kirby. (laughs) Really, really good. But... um, there's some interesting panel work going on here, like in the most recent issue, page 140, I believe, um, where it's just basically the curvature of the arena going the whole distance of the page. Right, yeah. But it's three different angles. I really like the way he's done that. Um, kind of, it, It's almost kind of like the golden ratio thing of like your eyes attracted to where it needs to go. But... Um, Story-wise, I can't say Hunter Hunter is has progressed a lot the last couple of weeks because it is just basically a massive extended fight. But I, I can assure you, it's not like um, in Ah God, I don't know, well, Dragon Ball Super, where it's just fights for the sake of fights. This is a this is something that's been in the making for over three hundred chapters. Um. Right, where was I? Yeah, as I said, it's it's a story-driven fight rather than 
a fight for the sake of fight size. Like, oh, I've been gone a year, uh, two years. Here's a fight scene. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see where it goes then. I mean, unfortunately, it's not really doing anything for me because I got no context, but it looks yeah. good. Yeah, it does. It, it, yeah. It, I can completely understand where if you've not watched the TV series or read the manga before, that you are going to ultimately be lost. But, um, I don't know, I'm digging it. I'm digging it a lot. Okay. Well, uh, next up, we should probably talk about uh, the most recent of the uh, uh, Jumpstart series, where, of course, uh, Viz brings over uh, some new Shonen Jump from Japan uh, for three chapters and then decides if they're going to keep it or not. Uh, this, time yeah. we get, this time we get uh, Daily Demon Diary. And it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's a weird beast. Yeah, its premise is um, Lord Yemma, who, if you've ever watched Dragon Ball, is like the gatekeeper of the afterlife has been murdered, and his daughter must come to Earth to to, to do, do justice. And, and that's about that's it. That's about it, unfortunately. It's, um... It, there's this really kind of bland, um, atypical sh- uh, shonen protagonist high school kid yeah. who... There's a pretty interesting twist at the end of Chapter 1. Yeah, where, before that twist, I, I'll be honest, Chapter 1 actually had two twists that I thought were executed fairly well. Uh, the um, first twist was who the bad guy was. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh, yeah. Because yeah, she comes to Earth, she's looking for some... Because ra- uh, the way it works is demons are leaking into Earth and they are possessing people who have, uh, like, uh, bad intent. They're, they're basically mm-hmm. enhancing them. Basically, people who want to do evil get possessed and then they can do evil even more because they have a demon within them. Uh, so she's tracking this guy down. Uh, main character has connections to some police officer, detective, and that whole scene sort of felt a little off because he was trying to he was trying to direct them towards another person. Yeah, it was given that he's deliberately feeding them a red herring. Right, exactly. And I thought that played out fairly well. Um, mm. And then, of course, we eventually find out that main character also has a demon within him that he keeps uh, he he keeps. Um, under control because in his normal everyday life he's completely boring. Yeah, he's a bland person. That was that's a pretty cool twist. I like I like that. Um, the first chapter is definitely the best of the three we saw. Definitely, um, it was a complete story for one, and it it, it felt it felt like it didn't it, it it did what it was supposed to do. Hmm. There was some interesting art going on, like when they found the uh, the decomposed body in the uh, the bathtub. That's pretty cool. right. Uh, I like that. Uh, the art as a whole, um, I've, I'm, I'm going to give it a pass because it's obviously a guy who's very, very new, new. And, and just finding his art, uh, his, his style. I'm cool with that. He ticks most of the, you know, acceptable boxes. There's some genuinely cr- creepy stuff going on, like when we first see the frog monster. Mm-hmm. That's pretty creepy. I like that. Um, but his designs for human characters and for Enma's daughter are pretty bland yeah, to be honest they're kind of they're kind of like just kind of big headed people they're mm. oh yeah that's that's something about it as well is there, there's something about the body ratios that even by um, uh, comic book yes, standards yeah. just, it doesn't seem right um, I don't know maybe it'd be interesting to see this guy um, come back in another two years and see how he's improved yeah, and, but, and unfortunately um, the whole thing is brought down by your typical skeevy sex humor 
that was really disappointing because I was hoping it wasn't going to go there. Main, main, char- that, main character keeps shoving his face in the girl's crotch. That sort of not that sort of crap. Yeah, then, course, I did find it. I did find it funny that um, she randomly just creates a portal from hell to the real world through his through asshole. asshole. I mean that, that that's her way to hell. That was actually kind of funny. Um. I, I don't have a heck of a lot to say about this series because after three chapters, all I can say is, um, don't miss it. I, eh, yeah, it's. I wouldn't put it in the jump over, say, um, Demon Sword, which we had a while yes. ago. Commit to No Yaber, yep. Kagami Gami, um, or even Devilly Man. I think Devilly Man was probably better. Devilly Man was the better version of this. It, oh, same premise. Simple, similar premise, it. yes. Where the demon comes from hell and checks up with some kid. Only mm. It also helps that the demon in Devilly Man was a lot more charismatic than yeah. whoever this is. Um, Emma's daughter. Screaming girl. Screaming girl. <laughs> it's, yeah, there's some interesting stuff in here. There's some interesting fight choreography. Um, like in Chapter 1 where the frogman, so that he can't fight back, has his tongue ripped out. Um, there's a giant variation of her that basically eats the frogman. That's kind of interesting, um, even if it is completely ripped off from Jojo Part 3. Ah. Um, it, it, this is obviously a fan trying his bit at creating an original series and ultimately coming up with something that's basically Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, he's, he, he's piecing together from a lot of different sources. The, yeah. the Yenma, of course, from Dragon Ball, and, well, he's got historical context, but Dragon Ball is his most known, well-known uh, oh, yeah. source. and Like you said, some JoJo references and some Yuki, Yu Yu Hakushiro references, you know, except, except mm. def- definitely a guy trying to ape his heroes. It's, I, I, wish the, I wish the writer and creator well, but this isn't his breakout series, I don't believe. And saying that, he'll probably do really fucking well. Top of the charts. <laughs> Top of the charts, I know. Oh, man. I don't know. I wish it well. And I hope it gets better, because I seem to remember really disliking Food Wars when that started, and now I, and now I really like Food Wars. So, I don't know. Who knows? All right, so... Uh, that, that's that, a, that's that about wraps up the in-depth stuff for uh, Shonen Jump. Um, so we should probably talk about some 2000 AD now. Mm. Um, Want to start with Brink? Uh, yeah, we'll start with Brink. Brink is one of the most recent additions to the 2080 lineup, uh, commencing in prog- uh, 1978. Yes. Um, so, this is basically. It, it's a mystery thriller. It's, it's a it, mystery it's a, thriller in space. Yeah, it's about a, it's about a pair of uh, basically investigators who are underfunded and underappreciated in a very. Grim future, honestly. I, I, Dan Abnett's writing this, I believe, and uh, it's yes, being is. written by uh, TC, not DC Ellington. What am I saying? Um, who's who's drawing this? Oh no, it, it did not start in. Oh, uh, it, IMG Colbard. Yeah, Colbard. Yes, uh, a lot of people don't like Colbard. His art. They think it's. I, I don't know what their problem is with it. I always think it's pretty good. Pretty great. Yeah, I really, I really dig it. I think a lot of people prefer it on Elseworld stuff, like um, Brassum. And um, when, when I say Elseworlds, I mean otherworldly stuff. Stuff that doesn't adhere to, like, hard sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, I can sort of see how some of his, like, wide shots are a little bit too... 
um, lack of detail, I suppose. Mm. But I, I yeah. still dig it. As I was saying, this future is grim. Earth is dead, and all of humanity is like stuffed in space stations uh, throughout yeah. the throughout the solar system. And there's all kinds of, um, of course, the, the the populations are dense. You've got cults build uh, popping up all over the place. Uh, Imagine yeah. crazy stuff about demons living in the sun. Um, Everybody has to live off pills to basically keep their sanity. Right. Every, everyone's on drugs, and all the foods, yeah. all the food is uh, is, is um, manufactured. Um, so so it's it, it's got a decent setting, I'd say. Definitely yeah. grim, and it, it, maybe that's it. The settings feels kind of grim, but the art's kind of like I suppose kind of bright. I think might yeah. not click with everybody. Like if this was being drawn by like uh, uh, Harrison or something, I think people would dig oh, yeah. the art a bit more. Hmm. But it's uh, but Harrison, Harrison did um, damnate the last series of Damnation Station. Yeah, which um, the, the 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 kind of universe feel is similar to Brink. I feel. Definitely, definitely grimmer. Definitely a grim future. Yeah. I remember Damnation Station's premise. It was Earth was owned by aliens, and so we were conscripted into fighting their wars, mm. something like that. But yeah. but but the the core premise of this series seems to be there's a there's a string of murders, uh, cultists maybe to blame, and so these investigators who are are not respected by. Uh, the people or properly funded have to go traipsing around to different space stations to try to put together, you know, what 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 what's going on. And there may be something bigger than a investigation going on. If the ending of the most recent chapter I read is any indication. Oh yeah, there's, there's some kind of conspiracy here. Something, something the higher ups are trying to keep a lid on. Yeah. I reckon. I mean, all these. Uh, I mean, one of the things it brings up is that these cultists all seem to believe that there's like an entity living in the sun. And I'd like to think that maybe that there might be some truth to that to really make mm. this setting more weird. Yeah, there's some people saying somewhere that the um, they were the, I don't know whether they were joking or not, but they seem to have got this idea from somewhere that the uh, the space stations are in some way similar to the ones we saw in Kingdom at the, at the end of the most recent run of Kingdom. Okay. So it's kind of like saying, oh, there's a conspiracy going on here that, um, oh. but there's, there's not been any nods to like Orcs or anything like Oh, so like the, that people really. think this might be a, uh, this might be a Vort situation. This might be a Kingdom tie-in. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that'd be a twist, wouldn't it? That would be a twist. Um, now the problem is with the Vort, that's got me like, heckled up for stuff like that now every time I see something like this. Um, but um, I, I'm really digging Brink right now. Um, I made the analogy that it's it's basically old old string that's been tied into a new knot. We've had this... Uh, I mean, basically, even the relationship between Brink and um, his partner, Bridget, is basically the same as um, Dredd and Anderson on occasion. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely a, a fairly mundane setup for this sort of thing where you got a couple of investigating officers. They both have somewhat conflicting personalities, but they get along okay. I mean, it's the Mulder and Scully thing, really. Oh, yeah, it's the Mulder and Scully. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm really digging that. I'm also kind of really digging the fact that there's a kind of fundamental question here as to whether the, the people the, the people we perceive as sane, i.e. the cops and the general populace, are 
the actually ones who are insane because they're on their heads on drugs all the time. Right, there's a whole, the whole subplot about eating clean, eating actual food, and getting off, uh, mm. getting off the pills and stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and the cliffhanger for the most recent part appears to indicate that the, the rumours that there's a, an entity living inside the sun is true after all, it would appear. There's definitely something going on because Brink... Um, just trying to bring the issue up. Is it the most recent? Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, basically, what he starts hallucinating yeah. at the end is a gigantic freaking eyeball. Like, he, do, he doesn't even, like... There's this whole mystery behind this one word. It's chronosome. Yeah, that's sort of... And it, make, it makes people throw up for, for some no, reason. For no... It, it's never explained. Everyone just takes it as, as as normal, and they never explain to the audience why that keeps happening, which makes me think it's really important to, like, whatever the reality actually is of this world. Yeah. I find it interesting that um, Brink says it, and then he basically starts hallucinating that the sun is a gigantic eyeball. It's... I, I, I hesitate to, to to say too much about Brink, really, because I don't understand a heck of a lot what's going on, but I'm really, really invested in finding out where it's going. Yeah. Um, something it did remind me of is, uh, is an image comic I read a few years ago called... Um, oh, shoot. Space for cutting. Let me just pull it up really quick. Is it Nameless by any chance? No, not Nameless. No, it's, um, hold on, it's taking a second. One second. One second. It is... The Fuse. The Fuse. The Fuse, no, the fuse was another, uh, The Fuse was an image comic that I believe is still going, but a few years ago it was a sci-fi comic set on a space station that was a, um a detective procedural story. And I, I, I mm. like the first arc a lot, but I wound up dropping it just for reasons. I might go back to it at some point in the future, but I enjoyed it. And I find a bit of that in Brink um, in terms of the character dynamic and the sort of general premise. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying Brink. I like it a lot. I like how it looks. Yeah, I'm really digging Brink. Um, I'm, it's really nice seeing Coolbard do another... Um, ongoing series because he, when you, you we think of him as a 2080 staple, but other than Brasson, he's only done a three-part thriller. Yep, yep. That's about it. Brink is the the only other ongoing series he's done for 2080. Well, I guess if you want to be pedantic and include um, Wild's End, Wild's End. He also did that that zombie vampire one at Vertigo with Dan Abnett. Um, I haven't read that one. What's that? Oh, it had, like, a pun name, as Dad named it, likes to do. Let me pull it up. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, it's, um... Zombie Vampire. Yeah, the, the, every, it, there's a zombie apocalypse, and the only way for the, the rich and the, and the powerful to survive it is to turn themselves into vampires. Because yeah. zombies don't bother you if you're a vampire. Huh. Okay. <laughs> um, hold on. Oh, uh, it's going to jump. i got to check that one out. Yeah, like I said, it was at it was at Vertigo uh, a few years ago. Dark Horse. Yeah, that's another Colbard Abnett joint. Uh, Dark Ages. It was a Dark Ages. Alien, okay. Well, this is a different one. That's an alien invasion story. Okay. Uh, middle Middle Ages. Wild's End, of course. I got to check that out because that's one of my favorite premises, where basically you have a medieval setting and 
Aliens Land. So, but no, Brink. Brink's a really interesting new strip. Um, I'm really, really enjoying the way it's going. Um, it's probably will be wrapped up by the next time we record the next episode, so it'll be cool to retrospect then, because we're already on part, what, seven, six? Yeah, there yeah, yeah, Brink should probably wrap up in another two or three issues. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think that series is on Comixology. I think it may have been one of those late ones that just didn't make the cut, because it was still too new. I bet somewhere on the Click Wheel archives it'll be... Anyway, anywho, he'll turn up. So yeah, but no, I, I, I'll read anything that's got Coolbard's name on it because I really dig the guy's style. And um, elsewhere in 2008, AD, there's been quite a few excellent revelations in Dread. Do you want to yeah, talk we, through we that? Desperately need to talk about Judge Dread in the last few months. Uh, it's too bad we didn't record in uh, May because he died. <laughs> Dread, Dread. Dread was Dread died. Only he didn't because. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I really dig that cover um, for Prague. What is it? Nineteen eighty-one. It's like they're not even hiding the fact that Dread's <laughs> reveal is inside. It's just kind of the law lives. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's no secret. Yeah. Did you see any of the um, the satire covers that were going around of nineteen eighty-one? Dred's basically got his helmet off and there were loads of people photoshopping like Bart Simpson heads onto it and I don't oh, know, yeah, Dredd with Guy Dredd with Guy on there was or something. The most brilliant meme I've seen in a while. It just all you had to do was just cover up just a little bit of the logo and it would just it'd be any character you wanted with a haircut. Dredd with a Bob Ross afro. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you knew who they were. I mean the the Guile one was brilliant. Because it only took, like, a quarter of a centimeter of information to say, guile. Yeah. It's just, it's just so, <laughs> so iconic. Somebody did one as well. Just pointed out that it's kind of unfortunate that Dred's head melds into the black on the 2018 logo, so it looks a bit like a cone head. Yeah, right. I mean, at the default, it already looks like a bit of a cone head. Yeah, that's funny. It's a good cover otherwise, but... Yeah, yeah, Dread died. He, um, there was basically the the story to what was it? What was the story called again? Going back a little bit, uh, the Grindstone Cowboys by Michael Carroll and Colin McNeil right. had Dread leading a hot dog run along with Rico um, to basically what is a meat plantation, a fruit plantation, some kind of food plantation. That was being attacked by a bunch of road warrior wannabes, um, and it was basically it was it was seemed like a small deal, but Dread had to go and do it anyway. Um, Dread was wounded by the leader of the group, this Goliath guy um, called by the name of Fawn, who caught, bit of caught a, one, a bit of a dick. Yeah, yeah, the guy with the mask. Yeah, it's funny. He's kind of a generic bad guy, but he seemed to be, he seems to be doing a lot of damage comparatively to most. Uh, uh, bad guys of his type. I have a theory as to who he is, and I'll come to that oh, in a minute. You think he's somebody? I think he's somebody, especially considering uh, the revelations in the Lions. Day. Okay. Um, basically, at the end of the Grindstone Cowboys, uh, the med wagon that Dreads lifted away on explodes inexplicably. <laughs> inexplicably. I love how it's just Rico standing there going. <laughs> <laughs> 
what the drunk? And then it's a splash panel to dread <laughs> to, the, to the med wagon exploding with a massive kratom sound effect over it. A few people were pissed off because there was a little logo at the bottom saying, don't miss the next chapter in Judge Dredd magazine number 371. Oh, they thought this was going to be a crossover type yeah, it, it's not really. Yeah. This this story just, continues into Judge Dredd well, a, a magazine while a new story that is kind of parallel to that one. Yeah, it's it's happening congruently. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's all done by Michael Carroll, and it's kind of becoming a who's who of the Dreadverse. Yeah, that, which that's, I, not, that's not wrong, isn't it? Because we've, we've already we got Rico, Dredd, well, Dredd, but we got Rico and Coburn. And Coburn and the latest revelation, Joyce. Joyce, of course, and then we got a big reveal on the la- on the latest issue. Uh, Armitage is back. Yes. Oh, yes. Holy crap! <laughs> and that kind of brings us to the the big revelation: the Grindstone Cowboys are being ordered about by Britsit. You think so? Uh, that would appear to be what's going on. Britsit um, in some uh, it's. Ambiguous at this point whether Brits are in cahoots with Texas Sits, which are trying. Doesn't seem very ambiguous at all. Nope, definitely like they, that. They definitely seem to be trying to play Mega City One together, mm. which is it's definitely interesting because Texas City was one of the cities that kind of survived the best out of all these disasters. Right, because they're isolated. And Brits, it's, yeah, Brits, it's not doing too bad either. Yeah. Um, so basically, you've got two of the most powerful superpowers left on the globe, and they've got they start small. Um, I mentioned I've got a theory as to who Fawn is. Yeah. Yeah. If the Grindstone Cowboys are in the pockets of Britsit, this guy's probably Britsit Brute. Oh, I don't know who that is, but I... oh, Brit- no. Britsit Brute was a terrible Dread World series from the nineties in two thousand AD. It's just basically about a big bouncer. Popeye Doyle type cop. Uh, I believe at the end of the series he got discharged. Yeah. So he's got um, a similar, similar physique. Yep, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy because um, Britsit Brute was not like just your typical kind of muscle muscle bound guy. He was he was like ten foot tall, brick shit house, which Fawn happens to be. And even in Dreadworld, when there's that many weirdos, you don't see people quite this big very often. Um. So no, I think that might just be a little kind of fan wanky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like we'll reveal in one panel. Oh, it's Britsit Brew. That's just a theory. Obviously, the big reveal with Britsit being involved is that Armitage is now in the story. Yeah, you know, it, it, it kind of would make sense that Armitage. It's, it's one of those cases where it makes sense that this would happen. I can't believe we didn't think of it in the first place. Like, yeah. um, oh, there was a recent thing where something happened that was obvious. I think it was, um. I think it was, uh, not Dan Abnett, the other one, uh, Williams was writing on Titan and, um, um, something happened that was obvious. I don't know, it doesn't matter. No, was, was, wasn't that the one where it's like there was a low-life story and, um, it was like snowing and people were complaining, oh, it's snowing, but it's August and Dirty Frank sees a vision of Amy Nixon. Yeah. This was published like four months before Titan happened. Right. Yeah, that's it. That might have been it. It was something like that, I seem to remember. Um, but no, I, I, Michael Carroll's doing awesomely with Dread at the minute. Yeah. It's really cool having him do both Dread in the prog and in the magazine. Yeah, he definitely gets Dread. He understands what makes a Judge Dread story work. And he's he's, he's, oh, yeah. he's writing the two different Judge Dread stories. He's got the action series 
chase going on in the magazine, and he's got the political intrigue in the in the Prague. He, yes. he, he knows that balance that some dread writers in the past weren't as deft with, I guess. Oh, no. He, and he's got three of the best artists in Dread right now working on the book. He's does got not. Colin McNeil, um, PJ Holden, and Henry fucking Flynn. Yeah. So yeah. you've got, like, the, the big trio of my three favorite modern Dread artists. It's Oh, it's awesome. I, I'm really loving what Holden's doing with the Brit setting at the minute. There's all these little jokes. Um... It's like uh, the bus driver in one of the earlier chapters was basically a character from uh, Omnibuses, but in, as a robot. Oh, really? Um, oh, 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 yeah. Wait, Omnibuses? What, you're talking about what? Oh, no, Omnibuses was a, a terrible comedy series that they had here in the UK. Oh, like, I, the I thought it was more of a RoboHunter reference, but that I wasn't... Could, it could be. Well, the thing is, there's the big ambiguity as to, like... Is Robo Hunter a Dreadworld story? Right. No, it it's isn't. Not, but people like to think it is. But but it, it kind of makes sense that Brit sits robots are ruder. Yeah, <laughs> the base. Yeah, they, they, they've all got road jaws syndrome. So yeah, Bog off. Then, yeah, <laughs> and they um, when Joyce was landing in the first chapter, there was a Dave's pork pies advert, which I thought was hilarious because. Do, do you want Do you want to know what actually uh, took me out of the story the most? It's so what? stupid. There was a gun. There was a shootout in a bookstore. Oh, when there was the Brexit book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's uh, that's kind of looking at a few of those. Did you see that there's the joy of Clegg's? Oh no, I didn't see that bit. Where was that? That's in the same panel as the, oh, uh, the Brexit. Oh right, the, yeah, okay, because you see all the little the book, book, the book covers, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you say it was that took you it's, out of the scene? The fact that there are books in a store. Okay. Oh, rather than hollow books. Yeah, it just seems like yeah. they'd be beyond the in in books like in that quantity and like in a store without like I don't know. It just it just seemed weird to me. Well, in a the, the shop is in the future. The shop is called Vintage Books. That's, yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's pretty rad. No, I, I like all the jokes that Holder's basically getting in there. I also really like this sub-story where there's basically um, Texas City judges now part of the uh, Mega City One police, uh, force, and Texas judges are basically... Uh, forgive me for saying this, I've never been to Texas, but they're like real Texans. <laughs> Love their guns. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they yeah. do like to shoot first. Yeah. God, you know what? The worst part—not the worst part—but Oswin is just—you just know what she sounds like. Oh God, yeah. I I, I think she said uh, I don't want to say this, but she—I've been reading her as Hillary Clinton. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> that. Yeah, it's possible that she's the only really highbrow female politician in your. Um, kind of media at the minute, but, you know, it stands. I don't know a heck of a lot about American politics. I apologize, so... Yeah, I just know... I can just hear what she sounds like, because the Texan Texan drawl is just kind of, like, in our culture. And there's the fake smile, which is... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You just know she's a stick... You you just know Hershey just hates this woman in her Mm. core. I kind of hope that Hershey gets to shoot her in there. That would be the best ending. Hershey hasn't had an action scene since Trifecta, so she needs another one. 
yeah, Dread's awesome right now. I'm loving yep. it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Armitage has to bring to the story because he's probably one of my favorite underutilized characters. I don't have a, I don't have a ton of familiarity with him, and I don't quite understand his role in Britsit Justice Department. He's just a detective. It, they they so they separate their street cops from detectives like that. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, he, he's basically um, a future. Have you ever heard the Sweeney? Yes, of course. Yes. He's basically future Sweeney. Oh, I, I I get that. I'm just I'm not, but I I've never been sh- you know clear on his character. If he's like a an ally of Dreads or if he's that- he, he there was a recent story in the magazine a few years ago drawn by Patrick Goddard where Dread and Armitage teamed up. Basically, someone in Britsit had stolen a uh, bunch of cells from, like, a dread vat from, like, the Fargo car. Yeah, okay. And was attempting to, like, breed an army. He was basically the new Morton Judge. Gotcha. Um, and uh, Armitage and Dread had to team up, and they hate each other's guts. Oh, okay. But Armitage recognises that uh, Dread's a good judge, Dread recognises Armitage is a good judge, and, you know... You know what I love? What I absolutely head. love? All these characters in Dreadworld. Dread doesn't get along with pretty much any of them. No. Except <laughs> for Dirty Frank. Oh, yeah. Frank will get on with anyone, though. Going back to Trifecta, there was that glorious bit in the last chapter where um, Dirty Frank's basically saying to Clegg, like, be quiet, I am trying to get a hold of the face of friendliness. And Dread's face just pops up on the monitor. It's just like, behold! <laughs> the face of friendliness. It's like... Dirty Frank is the only person in all of Dread World who doesn't hate Dread. And, and Dread, Dread yeah. thinks Dirty, Dirty Frank is a good judge, for oh, whatever yeah. reason. He thinks he's, he's, the, he's, he's one of the good ones. Mm, yeah. Can't stand, can't stand, um, uh, something detective, um. Oh, well, no, that's because, um, uh. Corrupt. Jack, po- Jack points a, Jack points a dick, yeah. so yeah. that's, that's basically why. Um. But no, yeah, it's, it actually kind of made me wonder why Coburn turned up yeah, in did, the early parts of the magazine story. He just kind of shows up. up. Yeah, that, I didn't quite like that because he, 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 he just turned up at the start of that story. Like, Rico needed a sidekick, so the cursor is a sort of regurgitated one. Yeah. I, I'm kind of wondering if this will carry on from the final Coburn story, because the final Coburn story from, like, uh, two or three years ago, going after Billy Zane... That um, was a team-up between Rico and Coburn. Right. And basically it ended on the cliffhanger that they'd enter, accidentally entered a Gyla Bruja nest, and the Gyla Bruja clan had cursed them. Oh. So, that, so basically they were, they're going to die eventually. Or they're not going to die, but um, they're going to have to go up against this clan of Gyla Bruja. I wonder if that will be brought up, or whether that's just going to be dropped I, because it doesn't—it doesn't appear to have any relevance to what's going on. I, mean, I feel like it was there was a, something dropped about the curse during, at some point in a bit of dialogue, but I can't recall for certain. Yeah, this isn't the first time Rico and Coburn have teamed up, though, so it's, it's pretty cool, especially considering um, Gordon Rennie doesn't seem to have any interest in using Coburn. Yeah, I don't anymore. know what, what's yeah. going on with Gordon Rennie, Rennie anymore. Uh, uh, if he's got any actual. 2080 strips lined up, or what? Um, I think he's got another Absalom coming out either at the end of this year or next year, and there's another Jaeger that I believe is currently currently being drawn. So he has got stuff going on, he's just in a bit of a quiet period. Which is cool. Well, obviously he did Aquila. Oh, right, of course. 
I always forget that. Um, that actually brings on to the lightning rounds. Should we do the lightning oh, rounds? Oh, I, I, I did find the name of that Dan Abnett um, um, Colbert book. Col- it, it's called The New Dead Guardians. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was okay. Okay, okay, I'll have to check that out then. I, I always seem to miss books like this from Dark Horse and Image, even if they have... Um, well, this, this, this one is through and Vertigo, and for whatever reason, it's not on Comixology. Ah, bummer. There'll probably be a trade. I'll oh, definitely a trade. Came out back in 2012. All right. Okay, so it'll still be in print. Pretty neat. Uh, I got the second trade for Wild's End recently, actually. I need to reread that. That's uh, that's a bloody good story. Good. I have to follow up on that. I like the first book, but I never, uh, I haven't read the second. Def- definitely. Definitely definitely one of my two favorite anthropomorphic series right now. Other one being Usagi Ojimbo, which is, you know, of course. Um, that about sums up our in-depth conversations for both 2000 AD and... Um, the week we show in Jump. Uh, we're going to do the lightning round now. Let's talk about Realm of the Dam really quick. Realm of the Dam. We're not going to go over the whole magazine, so let's... No. I would like to give Spotlight to Lawless at a future point. Maybe not this month, but maybe next yeah, month. Yeah, just, just real quick on Lawless. I really like that it's all, like focused on Pfeiffer. I, I like... Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really loving... I mean, I've always loved Lawless, yeah. but this, this most recent story arc is... is Perfect Dan Abner. This is basically Dan Abner doing. The what only thing best. that really lets it down is it's inevitable that Law Lawson's going to come back. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it tie into Insurrection though because we, it, it's definitely the end. That was basically the the big reveal of last story arc. So, yeah, cool. Well, the, I feel like the Zin were brought up somewhere else at some recently. I don't know. Well, well, there's that new Blunt series, right. which I feel it could be. Because they, they, they've got uplifts in that, so there's another Colony series. Right. So, right. yeah. I, I, I like the look of Blunt. I, I can't wait to see where that one goes. Yeah. Right, well, Realm of the Them. So, yeah, we talked briefly about it last time, about the controversy around that first that first chapter. Um, I feel the last, you know, what is it, we're up to four now. This has really come in to be... Uh, yeah, four yeah one of my favorite strips in the magazine right now. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I, I really like its premise. I, I, I wasn't really sure what it really was going to be about after that first one, but it, it appears to be about an old, ragged Van Helsing basically trying to save the world. Um, I, 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 I just love how beat up and broken down the man is. Oh, yeah. This is a guy who's lived for hundreds of years, and he looks every minute of it. Yeah. And he only lives by injecting himself with vampire blood. Hmm? Yep. And it's, it's, this is basically that Van Helsing movie from, like, 2004. Yeah. But much better. Because yeah. it ties in all the other, like, supernatural elements, but that, like, it, Frankenstein's monster. It's got a Frankenstein, it's got a werewolf clan. I wonder if we'll go into, like, fairies and changelings next, or if it'll jump to uh, something else. Egyptian mythology, maybe. maybe Norse mythology. Yeah, I, I really like that the werewolf's um, a Frenchman. He's a labite. Um that, that which is the beast. Right. That's that's awesome. Uh, what, uh, what, was was the Frankenstein monster German? I can't recall. Uh, Frankenstein monster. Yeah, I think he's German. Yeah. He's called the nameless. Yeah, which is I don't a think he really gets. good name for the Frankenstein's monster. The mm. nameless. That's 
They don't want to call it Frankenstein because it's basically a meme at this yeah. point. Oh, it's not Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, he never had a name, so he's, he's yeah. the nameless. I also kind of like how, um, oh, what's the big vampire dude's name? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> I have <laughs> terrible names. character names. But, you, but, you, but yeah, but basically, big bad vampire dude is going around eating a lot of people's hearts and gaining their superpowers. Yeah, which is awesome. I'm digging this. I'm really digging this. It's obviously going to be inevitable that um, uh, Van Helsing's going to defeat him. Um, I don't know. This world's pretty shitty. Anything could happen, honestly. Yeah. Do you reckon he's going to do a Garth Ennis on us and like build up this protagonist and? Kill him off <laughs> well, in the final part. Maybe he's not the protagonist at all. Maybe maybe he's the villain. Could be. Could be. It's definitely portrayed as like, oh, this, this vampire society is a thing, but is it really such a bad thing? It's basically these like these these ghouls who live in the underground and stuff like that. They're just the underclass. They're the peasants. But it's it's not so different from the modern world if you look at it from a really bizarre, skewed perspective. Yeah. Um, I really love this fight scene in the most recent issue, uh, part four, where vampire dude's going up against all all these uh, werewolves, and he he does a King Kong on one of them, just rips its jaw open. Oh, it, it, it's it's a pretty violent series to say the least. Definitely, yeah. uh, I know we've, there have been discussions about whether or not you know this is appropriate for a 2080 comic. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I honestly don't think it's too far off from what plenty of things we've had before. Oh yeah, um, I, th- I think, I think the the pissing of blood in the first chapter was probably a step, one step too far. But other than that, it's it's all yeah. been pretty, pretty. Not, not, I'm not going to say tame, but I'm going to say typical. Mm. It, it's, it's, yeah, mm. the, the 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 excessive violence and bloodletting is not a new thing. Uh, you just have to look at the current run on Slain to see something that's equal um, in gore. And the most recent run on Aquila, actually, was probably even worse, in my opinion, yeah. with the skinning scene. Yeah. Um, it, this is just basically those old, um, not ham horror, universal monster movie mashups. Yes. Like, you had... You had Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and all stuff like that. It's, it's all mo- that. It's, mon- it's Monster Squad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> I think I think the Wolfman sequence is probably my favourite, um, mainly because of the design, what with the, the ram's skull on his head and stuff like yeah. that. It yeah. look, looks really neat. I like his little rants about the, the world politics, <clears throat> um, because the, the werewolves have basically been driven nearly to extinction. Um Kind of want to know what the nameless deal was because he's a Frankenstein's guy, so he's presume he's a one of a kind. Yeah, my, my oh, presumption uh, was my presumption was he was Frankenstein's monster and he's just been living this whole time. Hmm. Yeah. He's effectively immortal because he's lightning powered and made of dead dead human parts. <laughs> made of dead people. Uh, and, he, and and like the books, he's he, I believe in the books he's always been. Pres- presented as intelligent, so he's, mm. he's an intellectual as presented here, which makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Digging this. The artwork is fantastic. 
I was initially kind of, kind of um, a bit uncertain in the first part, but since I'm, I'm 100% behind it. It's, it's like, um, not Kevin O'Neill, who am I Fraser of? Irving? Yeah, it's a bit like Fraser Irving, actually, with the, the stark line contrasts. It's, it's just layers and layers of different colours rather than distinct lines. Yeah. I think it's a really neat style, really suits it. Um, it's mostly grey, yes. so... Um, greys and muddy colours, except for bright, a bit of bright, yellow. Bright red. Oh, and bright red. Um, oh, he's got Godzilla breath as well. Of course. Of course he's got Godzilla breath. <laughs> Radioactive vampire well, breath. My, Why well, not? that is what he stole from the nameless. That's the lightning. Oh, of course it is. I didn't put that together. Same colour. I see. Okay, that's cool then. It's colour-coded. Yeah, I, I, I'm really, I'm finding this really quite nifty. Um, Van Helsing himself's just a, a kind of bitter, broken down character. Trust um, no he, one. Trust no one. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, at the moment, no, I think he's a bit of a blank slate. Um, maybe we'll get a flashback chapter. I don't know why he's like this. I don't know. I think he's like this because he's been doing this for so long. Oh yeah, he's just he's sick of it. But he can't stop because the world went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how many people are actually left in this world. It seems like it's mostly just vampires. Well, they they mention that there's like a glamour on the world where people kind of don't see all this evil stuff going on. But it mm. might. But that sort of implies that there's a lot of it going on. Yeah. So who knows? I'm thinking. I just realized with the vampire thing, it's a bit like Seraph of the End, actually. Oh yeah, where there's like there's like a big society of vampires that are taking over the world. Right. That's a pretty interesting little comparison. Yeah. All right, so let's get into that lightning round. Hmm. Uh, so we're gonna do a quick fire round on the weekly Shonen Jump series. Uh. Um. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk about what are we gonna talk about. Let's talk about Bleach first. Um. Chirjo is a character again. <laughs> Ichigo. Ichigo. Um, yeah, is he's tapping he's, 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 he's just, it, this is just I, this is kind of what I was afraid the final throwdown with you actor is going to be like. It's literally everything the writer can think Super of. Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan times ten. <laughs> yeah, Ho- Hollow Quincy Soul Reaper, uh, Fullbringer Quirk User Devil Fruit Gourmet Hunter Hunter Hunter, and it still won't be enough uh, to stop the bad guy. Die, it's got to go know, one more it's, level. It's, it's just going to get ridiculous. If it doesn't end up being like Tenga Topengur and Largan where they're throwing galaxies at each other, you know, it's not got big enough. No. Uh, art's fantastic, though. Yeah, it's still I'm really, I'm, I think Kubo's really stepped up his art game recently. Yeah. So, that's cool. That um, stupid thing on Kigo's head with his... Oh no, that's that's basically ties into what was the the you can separate Bleach into three story arcs. There's the, uh, the Soul Society, there's the Huecomundo, and then there's the Quincy invasion. The Huecomundo arc was when uh, Ichigo first got like these horns. Okay, and basically the, the the mythos of the universe is the Soul Reapers and the Hollows. They're a balance between each other, and then there's the Quincys who are just Nazi humans with supernatural powers. Okay, and um, Basically, the, the twist with Ichigo is, is his mum was a Quincy and his dad was a Soul Reaper. 
So he ends up having the powers of all three just by plot convenience. (laughs) Yes, that is basically it. Um, But as an action series, read it week by week, I'm still enjoying it. I'm not angry. I I can't be angry at this point. (laughs) I've lasted 15 goddamn years. I will not drop it now. So, Um, Naruto is back. Yeah. Um, um, seems to be kind of doing the same thing Naruto originally did with building up like mm. three the three junior uh, uh, shinobis under one guy. Yeah. Only this time it's um oh what's his name? That's uh, yeah. It, it, it's douchebag dad. Douchebag dad to piss off your other douchebag dad. Dad, I know it's uh, it's pretty much a cliche. Um, Thing is, with the new Naruto series, it's a monthly thank thing, so goodness. yeah, thank goodness. And it's not Kishimoto; it's um, he's supervising oh, it. There's a new writer and a new artist. Really? I yes. honestly couldn't tell. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> um, I don't know. Two chapters in, uh, we'll see how it turns it's, it's out. It's not as good as that that mini that mini series or that one shot. No, that one show was interesting. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see that, that tie in at some point because I uh, yeah. I feel like it was already been alluded to. Yeah, it's a pre- I'm pretty sure it was a prologue. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, one Piece. They sure ran into the the the, the bride to be easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of like her. Actually. Yeah, she's actually kind of a fun character. Yeah. And this whole world is actually kind of interesting. Everything actually, is cake. <laughs> I'm genuinely questioning at this point, though, whether they, they, we've been fed red herrings all this long about Mama being a, a bad, a bad, bad guy. Person, yeah. And there, there was this thing ages ago where it, it looked like she ate one of her subordinates, yeah. like she was a cannibal or something. I'm, I'm beginning to wonder whether this was all, you know, set up, and it actually turns out she's actually a decent person because she lives in Sun. She lives in Ch- Willy Wonka's chocolate. Honestly, country. it seems like Sanji's family is the is is the worst of them. Yeah, they're mercenaries, aren't yeah, all, they? All of his siblings, basically, his uh, his siblings. Some of them seem pretty nefarious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've met a few of them. It's interesting. Um, the team's all broken up again. It's I, I kind of like this squad we've got now, where it's the complete opposite of what we had in Dressrosa. Right. So we don't have Zoro or Frankie or Robin yeah. or Usopp. We have Nami, Chopper, and Brooks. And which <laughs> not not the bit most muscle. No, <laughs> they brought Skeleton Dude, um, Navigator, and well, it makes sense they brought the Doctor. Um, and they brought along two um, of the uh, the Animal Kingdom do. Yeah. The, um, to be honest, they've yet to actually do anything, but I do like them. I kind of like Carrot as a character because she's just this. Yeah, Carrot's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm liking it so far. I'm also really oh, liking I wonder if she'll become a permanent crew member. I have got to wonder that, um, especially considering... Um, a previous crew member who left is apparently coming back. Do you remember a while ago there was that whole thing with like um, uh, the Desert Princess Vivi and uh, an entire fleet from? This probably wouldn't have made any sense to you because you won't know these characters. Right. 
But she, uh, there was a character in a couple of chapters ago who was just kind of like, oh, the big twist, Vivi's back. She was a previous member of the Straw Hats, but she left because she, like, inherited this kingdom or something okay. like that. I, so I, she's I, I do remember that chapter. I guess I didn't catch the context. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things now where you think Luffy's building up this massive army, but he still doesn't know he's got an army. He doesn't need one. He doesn't care. No, he doesn't. He doesn't care. Yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where this whole wedding goes because it's apparently not going to happen now. But I, I reckon once Sanji's family turn up, they're going to force it or, I don't know, there's going to be some kind of uh, Dress Rosa-type conflict. Yeah. It's also but, weird that they actually seem to like each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I get the feeling that Mama's kids don't like her, so they're not going to do as she says. Sanji's going to end up joining the crew again, and... Yeah, it's not so much playing by numbers, but they, there are a few twists I wasn't expecting, like, um, well, Sanji actually turning down the proposition of a marriage, because the whole the whole thing with Sanji is that he considers himself a ladies' man, ah. but he's a, he's actually a bit of a cretin, bit of, a bit of a, a bit of a sleazy so and so, but um, yeah, yeah, you know, and I, for once he's actually happy, but he turns it all down because he wants to be part of the pirate crew and. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's see more of Sanji, though. He's just kind of not there at the minute. They're just talking about him. Let's see where it goes. My Hero Academia. Uh, holy, holy shit. Holy God. All Might is the greatest. Oh. <laughs> it, it's uh, absolute. I love all of this about him t- taking his uh, small appearance in front of the public. I yeah. hope he doesn't die, so he has to deal with that. I think one of the best bits, actually, was, like, he can only pump up one arm. Yeah. And he gets um, all for one tricked into, like, punching that arm. It's just kind of like, ah, I'm going to take away that last bit of strength from you. And then he vents it into his other arm and just clobbers all for one in the face. Yeah. This has been That's, there's a genuine panel of all, my, of all for one just going, oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, it's so great. So awesome. Even just that page of All for One basically just throwing everything into one arm. So it's so ridiculous, like, body horror type stuff. Yeah, his his quirk of being, like, all these quirks that he's absorbed and being able to, like, tweak himself as needed is fascinating. Yeah. And he can, like, combine them and stuff like that and can give them. And he's kind of like... I don't. Sorry if I've got to bring Savage Dragon up, but having you know been reading quite a lot of it recently, he's a bit like the creator in a way, yeah. and a bit like the power broker as well, I right. guess. Um, so but, um, within himself, instead of giving it to others. Oh well, he can give it to oh, others. Okay. That's the thing. But that—that's how um, oh. One for All was created, wasn't it? Yeah. Also, I, I really like learning more of like the backstory, uh, the backstory of All Might and in, in All for One. Um, mm. He's definitely starting to piece some of that out. And also the fact that he, he, I believe this revealed the fact that he actually passed it on completely. Mm. Uh, so he's just kind of going off his own strength Yeah, now. he's sort of been on inertia that whole time. Yeah. He's going to just kind of bring the question whether All Might had a quirk before he was given right. uh, All for One. Um, uh, one for All, even. It's um, because the previous owner was revealed to be Shigaraki's grandmother, right. and she was also Gran Torino's 
uh, partner in crime. Right. So it's all kind of tying in together now. It's, I, I love that bit where um, uh, All For One kind of teases All Might Mike, saying it's just kind of like, I took the only thing that exists of your master left and turned it into my disciple. And it's like All, all Might's just like, what? I really loved the, uh, the the whole rescue scene as well. Yeah, that was good. Because that was, that was great. Because um, Midoriya basically realised, right, I can't do it. Todoroki can't do it. Ida can't do it because Bakugo hates us. Uh, the only person here who he doesn't actually hate is Kirishima. So, hey, Kirishima, come over here. You can actually be a main character for a moment. Come on, come on. Um, I'm really digging yeah. that. I'm also really liking seeing all these bit heroes that we've seen over the last, like, 100 chapters actually do things. Right, right. Like, best Giannis gets a fight scene, kind Quote of. Quote-unquote. Fight scene. Uh, Mount, Mount Woman keeps, uh, keeps cropping up when necessary. She keeps helping. She's kind of cool, actually. She's kind of cool. She was awesome in the first chapter, but she hasn't really done anything since yeah. then. Um, but I really like that bit where, like, uh, the magnetic villain tried, like, magnetizing. That's another really interesting power, um, being able to turn men into, like, the North Pole and women into the South Pole. Yeah. So he made a human cannon by sticking two guys together. That's pretty cool. I, I really dig that. Um, yeah, the, the, the quirks this, the writer comes up with are really well thought out. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I also kind of like how he's not giving um, all for all for one like almighty powers. Like he, he I guess he kind of did, but he's not used it yet. Like he, it's implied he took Ragdoll's power, and Ragdoll's power was the ability to read other people's quirks, so they can like he can like look at person and go, right, I know what your power is. I'm gonna take that. He's not used that yet. Also, Ragdoll's not dead. I, I was wrong about that. She's not dead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I was kind of under the impression this arc was going to have a high body count. That's it's not really happened yet. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't. I kind of like. This, I, I, I like. This. I suspect if there's any body count, it'll only be All Might. Yeah. Or actually, I don't know if we've seen if, if Best Genus is still alive or not. No, he, he got picked up in the most recent chapter, but I don't know if he's like still alive or not. Um. Well, there's also a really interesting tie-in to one of the creator's previous series that I picked up really? on. Um, yeah. The, you know, did you see that orca-themed hero in, like, a suit yeah. who was around yeah. a few times? He's actually a character from the creator's previous series. Oh, um... um not not Barrage, oh, but the one before okay. it, which was about this zoo where, at night, the animals became people, like anthropomorphic people. Okay. And at the end of the story, they all all these animals basically they were stuck in human form and they went out into the human world and that was the cliffhanger for the series. That explains the principle. Yeah, but it doesn't really like we we never saw anything of the outside world. So for all we know, it could have been the world of academia. Ah, uh, okay. I don't know. I just thought that was a kind of cute callback. Yeah. No, here here academia is awesome. Oh, right it's now. so good. I, it really is. I, I, I kind of hope All Might does die, though, because the series needs that kind of gravity um, to... Um, needs that kind of oomph. For a moment, I thought Gran Torino was going to be the one that was killed off, yeah. but who knows? Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> I could see killing off All Might and having Gran Torino like, take his place as teacher. 
Mm. Oh, he becomes the master rogue. Yeah. Just less sleazy. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty rad. Other superhero series, One Punch Man. Uh, did, one chapter. Yeah, we never got very much of that, unfortunately. And that chapter was just introducing us to all of the uh, competitors at this martial arts tournament. All these analogs for fighting game characters. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's so good. Know. I mean, it's entertaining. Uh, I just wish there was more. It is. I kind of like the gag where um, people still haven't realized that Tommy was wearing a really bad wig. <laughs> and he, he, he tied his um, karate gi into a bow. That was cute. I also really like this sour face guy. Yeah, his face is pretty sour. He's, he's just this weird, weird character. We've also obviously got the side story of Bang and his brother, Blaster, Bomb, whatever he's called, uh, hunting down Garu. Um, that, that'll go somewhere someday, I'm sure. Yeah. And we also finally see um, Garu going after Watchdog Man. So we should hopefully see that next chapter. Let's let's hope Watchdog Man's not a complete letdown. Yeah. Uh, Watchdog Man has got an interesting design. He's, he's just a kid in the scene. Yeah. Um, no, that would be interesting to see. Uh, what else was there? No, 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 Archie. Archie, yes. Uh, yes. Oh. Uh, polygamy solves everything. Polygamy solves everything. <laughs> God fucking damn it. Yes. You can't decide who to marry. Marry them all. Oh, my God. I, I was... I actually thought, oh, it's the final arc. I should probably not just glance over and actually read Nisakoi. And then I read this chapter, which was basically one big flashback. Yeah. To when they were kids, of course, they were all together as children. <laughs> we can't all decide who should marry Archie, so let's all marry God! So fucking awful. It's not good. I can't even bash it. I can't even bash it, like, with heart or intelligence at this point. It's... Just let it end. It does feel like it will be ending shortly. Hopefully. Well, with only a few uh, um, epilogues, I'm sure. Hmm. Sod's Law will probably get what Assassination Classroom got, and (laughs) there'll be another four chapters of a side story or something. Who knows? Uh, Toriko. Is getting weird. Incredibly weird. Um, Nia was going to be his meat dish. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Neo is such a twisted, disgusting, vile thing. Um, I think that's actually kind of a clever twist that the, the writer's gone with. Um Because it's like we've had this series, it's like there's, there's all these supposedly delicious things that, uh, like, Toriko could have gone for for the main dish. He goes for the main bad guy. Why? So bizarre, this this, this series. <laughs> I know. I'm loving it, though. I'm loving it. I know in the next chapter there's going to be a massive throwdown or something like that. There's going to be a massive fight between Toriko and Neo. Um, it's kind of a weird little side story going on where all the eight kings are, like, slowly Birthing. coming together. Yeah, to, to face, I, I, I'm not sure if they're coming to face God or to face Neo. It's a bit unclear. I, I reckon Neo's just going to be taken on by Toriko, and the the, the eight kings are going to be the ones that are going to have to contain God, because God is actually kind of interesting because 
when you think about it, he's probably the only thing on the planet that could beat uh, Neo at this point. He extended his tongue all the way across the world. It's and ate everything in its passes. <laughs> the physics in this series are non-existent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it, though. I love it. I love the reveal that... Uh, some of the tadpoles came out when God was first discovered. I, I thought they were sperm, and I was like, oh, please don't go there. It's like, oh, the tadpoles. Oh, okay, then. That's fine. They're not creepy in any way. It's cool. But no, Toriko is just a big, dastily fight series. I reckon it'll be, you know, you know, epic when uh, the fight between Neo and Toriko starts. But at this point, it's kind of in the build-up phase, ramping it up. Um, everybody's just getting put into position for the final scene, and that's it. I don't have anything else to say on Toriko, yeah. other than I'm enjoying it. Uh, food Wars, the other food series. Still, still good. This seems to be building uh, the relationship between the main characters. I didn't. I guess I didn't realize this was like the only time, this is like only the second time that uh, Aaron has tasted, uh, what's his name's food. Oh, so much so much. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, it was like the first time where it was like the gag is just like, oh, it's disgusting. But, but that's only because she's got such picky taste. Yeah. And, and, that, and here yeah. he's, it's his dad, right, that he's, he's trying to replicate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she's got this weird kind of thing for his, uh, her, uh, Soma's dad's food. Right. Where it's, it's like, she's living in this vapid void where she's got to take. God, Aaron's, um, Aaron's home life is absolute garbage. It, it, <laughs> yeah. No wonder she's got no joy in her heart. Jesus, her dad is the worst. Her, her dad's a creep. I did like that little sequence at the, um, in one of the earlier chapters, though, where the first seat had to go in front and, like, report and everyone, and he's just jittering and fumbling his lines. Like, half his speech bubbles are just ellipses. That was funny. I do like where the series is going. I do have to question how long they're going to drag out, like, the whole... Central um, stuff? The central stuff, because that can't be, like, the, stat- the big turnaround point. Yeah, they- that, 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 that's, that's got, they're like the Ginyu Force. They're going to have to, you know, bugger off. Yeah, get crushed point. by Goku, and then he's got to go in the tank. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. I am, I'm liking Food Wars as a drama series. It's nice to have it there, actually, as um, a bit of a... Um, uh, not, not as fantastic... Yeah, not something that's as action orientated, basically, because Jump is predominantly action and fights uh, series based at the moment. You've got um, All uh, All Might against All for One. You've got the whole Soccer Crollo thing. There's a lot of fighting going on, and then you just kind of go to Food Wars, and it's actually kind of nice to have a different paste strip in there. Yeah, that doesn't want to make doesn't make you want to tear your eyes out like Nisa Koi. It is nice to have there, actually. I think it's a good change-up of pace. Um, I actually felt like Straying Up could have filled the same role. Um, yeah. And I, I, I hope that perhaps when... I, I feel like Straighten Up was basically the Food Wars formula. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe when it hits Chapter 100, they'll go, okay, wait, yeah, wait, now wait, you Wait, 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 wait. Straighten Up is still going? Oh, yeah, it's still oh, going. Wow. Yeah, it's done pretty well. I think it's on, like, Chapter... Uh, it's got to be around about chapter seventy now. Actually, it's been going since last May. Nice. So I like. I kind of like that one. Yeah, I hope. I hope they at least bring over the trades. That would be pretty sweet. Uh, we'll trigger. Uh, we've gotten to the latest round of uh, what is it? Huge sports. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So, I mean, that's good that they've finally gotten through that. God, they yeah. are setting up so many of these teams. I wonder what the hell they're going to do with them all. Kill them Kill all. Kill them all. Kill them all. It's just like, here you go, you've had your investment. Uh, but I don't remember who half these people are. Shut up, we're just going to kill yeah, we're them. Gonna invade the other, we're going to invade the neighbors, and you're all going to get wiped out in phase one. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Because it's got to be remembered, these, none of these guys are like key players. They're just foot soldiers. Yeah. So it's almost it's almost like a character of the week story. I mean, it, it is kind of neat how the writer is managing to give all of them their various like unique driving quirks. They're all different characters, I guess. Mm. It's just unfortunate there's about fifty of them. Yeah, it's 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 already gone up to One Piece level way before One Piece was like ridiculous with its cast. Um, I don't know. I actually kind of hope that that my, my joke of killing them all off does happen because that'd be a really it, interesting. Like, holy shit! It's not really a series that kills off its characters, though. So that's, nah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, the whole thing's built around the idea that you can bail out before you die. So it's not like it's always. Got, I don't know. I don't know if that works in the other dimension. That's though. a that's a good point. That might change things up. Because mm, we gotta get that far first. God, yeah. Uh, they made such a fuss about the away ship as well in the most recent invasion arc. I really hope they are like getting towards that point now where it's like, honestly, go on the go on the bloody mission. Yeah, they, honestly, I I would not be surprised if uh, the to- Tomio Toma Tomi I can I can never pronounce it right. The, the team lose in the oh, finals yeah. and then they just stow away. That would be pretty cool, actually. <laughs> It'd end up being a bit like. Um, Oh Christ! Lifeboats, but yeah, yeah, that 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 film, that Alfred Hitchcock film, nobody's watched. Um, be a bit like that. That'd be pretty cool, actually. I want to see what happens, but um, I, I can't remember what round they're but, on here. But like I, think, I think I think they just got through the semifinals. Although I think they're, they're fourth ranked, so they might have another two rounds to go. Yeah. Okay. But at any rate, bad guy is finally joining the team, so that's gonna add the yeah. drama. Yeah. Uh, Let's see how that turns out, especially considering they've already got one neighbour on the team. Yeah. So it's like they're going to they're gonna be the underdogs, even though they've already proven themselves to be the best team. So, yeah, whatever. So Seraph of the End seems to be going through a very repetitive period where, yeah. God, where yeah. you says, we need to run away and abandon all these people. And the other one goes, no. Mika goes, no. no. <laughs> Got to save so everybody. The, I find the vampires actually a lot more interesting. Yeah. They've than, got, they've um, got goals. Yeah. And they've got society, and there's some interesting stuff going on there. Um, who knows? Um, I re- could turn out to be fantastic. I do, uh, do want to know what Gurren's deal is and why he was cool and now he's not. Everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah. Who knows? Um, I did find um, the bit with um, the severed girl's head from the first chapter oh, making yeah, him come back. Was- I, I, I wonder if the head's alive. I wonder if she's a vampire head. Mm, that would, that yeah. would be twisted for... That would be pretty messed up. Um, I just thought that was a really, like... I just turned the page and I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that, that? That was actually a genuinely good moment, like... That, that, that's a good, clever, dark character moment. Because it illustrates that the vampires are ruthless and nasty, and that the main the the humans are all impulsive and brash, and you know, like the vampires say, um, based on instinct. Yeah. 
So look, we'll show um, you uh, the head of your dead friend, and that'll freak you out enough to kick your ass. Yeah. The whole, I'm finding the mythology a bit difficult to follow at this point, like what the cycle is from human to yeah. demon to vampire. Yeah, de- demon, it, demons are supposed to be like crazy powerful vampires that have gone too far. And something. Mm. But where are they then? You can only seem to find them if you're like stoned or something, if you overdose or whatever. It, 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 They're in your bank yeah, That is true. They are your stand. It's, yeah, they're, who knows? I, I really want to like Seraph more. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just kind of going through the motions at the minute. And you needs to stop saying run away because it is pissing me off. No Blue Exorcist this month, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I noticed that. No Blue Exorcist. So, um, guess we'll never find out what happened to uh, Snake God Guy. <laughs> I think he's dead, actually. I don't know. It's been like three months since I read the last chapter. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, Black, Clover. Black, Clover. Black Clover is pretty good right now. Good action. It's pretty neat. Yeah, it's got a lot going on. There's the whole... I, I found the chapter fairly early on in this art where Noel basically goes for a Captain Planet moment ah. where it's like, the power of heart. Um, super corny. Power of friendship. It's... <laughs> but... I don't know. It's it's still kind of neat. Um, art is fantastic on it. I'm really liking the art right now. And I wasn't expecting to see the um, Eye of the Midnight Sun guys back so soon. Yeah, they did seem like they had just left, and now they're back again. I mean, it's good to keep that kind of momentum going. Mm. I did really like where they were going with these, um, like, the underwater mages. Like, these guys were so cut off from society. Yeah. I kind of like how that, that, like, that whole game thing got short-circuited by these guys arriving. Oh, yeah. They, they just barge in. <laughs> and the worst part is, because the game hasn't ended, your leaders can't get in. Yeah. I do have to wonder, though, if the bit that's not been addressed. Um, for the, uh, the the beast dude from the Iron of Midnight Sun, in order to get to the temple, would have to have killed everyone in the fucking village to get there. Right. That's not even been addressed yet. Yeah. Did, did, um, didn't we see them on the beach, though, briefly? I think we saw a load they, of they like, cut mages, yeah. but but not the actual underwater village tribe. Oh. Um, those, those guys, I don't know. They're, they pro- they're probably dead. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Black Clover is actually getting a lot better at the minute. It is kind of shown in 101, but I really liked this week's fight um, where Luck and Magna teamed up. Yeah, yeah. In order to fight the Beast Dude. That was a really cool fight. God, they were having a good time. That was fun. Um, I think the, the thing that the series has the best, perhaps, over maybe World Trigger, and perhaps a little bit over Toriko, is that... It's it's much more in line with um, Hero Academia and One Piece is that everybody's incredibly unique looking. That you don't have any kind of confusion as to who's who in the fight, which is particularly brilliant considering they're all basically wearing variations of the same clothes. That that, Um, that helps tell you who's Black Bull and who's not. Yeah. Um, Beast guy's shirtless, so that's easy. (laughs) Yeah. He's Beast for next time. Um... But it's, it's, I'm enjoying it. It's not perfect, it's not high art, it's not the best thing in the jump, it's not the best thing in my pool list, but it is consistently entertaining. Which is all I can ask for. Okay, well let's get into 2000 AD real quick. Um, Slain. 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 Yes. 
um, apparently two guys fought, and then two guys parted as friends, and now Slane will go fight. Uh, yeah. Oh, Slane. At least it looks good this time. It looks phenomenal right now. Um, love the art. Love the whole gouache. I actually had the privilege of saying, seeing Simon Davis do some work when he was at Fort Bubble in November. Oh, yeah. And his, his process is really neat. It's pretty awesome. He's he, definitely one of my favorite he, he, artists he, in 2008. He line arts first and then paints over it. Uh, he does line art and then he gouaches it. But the thing is, his line art is, like, super rough. So he has to, and because he's doing it in, like, traditional paint, yeah. um, if he makes a mistake, he's just kind of like, fuck it, just <laughs> keep going. It's, I don't know, I really love that, especially in comparison to, there's, there's quite a few, like, digital artists right now, and I, I am not one to knock digital art. There is no difference whatsoever. Uh, but having a reset button is a big help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but So it's really refreshing to just have a guy who's, you know, can have a page of um, cardboard and will just fling um, oil colours at it and just kind of go, there you go. <laughs> it's it's such an old-fashioned way of doing it. Just, just it. cover your mistakes up with more red blood. <laughs> yeah, with more red blood or um, white and then just paint over that. Um, I don't know. It's just The story is just not there. It's just... No. Some of, the di- some of the dialogue is out-and-out cringeworthy as well. Kill Slain as a dead body obeys. It's just kind of like, no, Slain is my friend. And I'm, oh, Pat Mills, what happened? You made Nemesis, for God's sake. You, <laughs> you made Black Hole. You made Martial Law. You made Charlie's War. You're a good writer. Come on. Come on, man. Yeah, Slain has turned into Finn recently. Painful. But it's beautiful. Survival Geeks is also pretty beautiful. Yeah, um, I did. It took me a minute to realize the guy uh, Ken was the was the first. Was it the first? It might have been the first Dylan. They. He yeah, he was in the thriller. Yeah, he was in the thriller. He was the he was the uh, the the geek who had took took over the world and turned it into some kind of like fantasy nightmare. MMO, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I kind of like that guy because there's the whole kind of oh he's. He was a dick to people, and then people were a dick back to him. So now he feels all like segregated, and it's, it's like that. There's a false moment where it's like, "Oh, it's okay, we forgive you," and then they just dump him on an alien planet. Yeah, but there you go. That's where you get for being a dick. Um, I, I kind of glad they addressed a bit though, because there's a really skeevy bit where I was kind of uncomfortable where he dresses one of the main characters up in a French maid dress. Yeah. Simply for his own... I was just kind of like, egg. And then they address it in the last chapter, and that's, that's the sole reason why they dump him on the alien planet. It's just kind of like, I'm so glad they did that. Don't let creeps get away with this. And, and it does, like, it does set up something interesting with one of the, the housemates apparently not being honest with the rest of them. Oh, yeah, he's, he's going to do a reanimator. Oh. He's, he's, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, really liking the art and kind of liking where Survival Geeks is going in general. Um, it'll probably be back in two years, a year, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, There'll probably be another arc, and then they'll probably do an arc about uh, what the actual deal is going on, what actually is going on. Hmm. 
Yeah. It just feels like that's the kind of structure it might follow. Yeah, it really needs a proper full length. I think it kind of benefited this time from having two, two, two in a row. Yeah, definitely. yeah, that definitely benefited because it was like a 12 parter then, and it, it was so much better than before. Yeah, um, like, like just, six parts and I'd be gone. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of what Aquila needs. Aquila needs a big Poor 12 Aquila. Aquila could yeah. be good, but it needs to appear more because in, in this arc, I don't know, it, it was a transitionary arc, I think. It was. It, uh, they, they brought um, Emperor Nero back to life, and um, he's kind of a spoiled dick. Now they got to go rescue him. Now they got to rescue him from hell so Aquila can release the, the curse that is upon him, and he can finally rest in peace. Um, he should actually be dead right now because half of him's, like... Peeled off. Peeled off. Yeah. Blech. That was actually a really good sequence, a really genuinely uncomfortable... i got to be honest, I wish Goddard had drawn it. Mm. Or, 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 God, or God, the other one. Well, Goddard did a torture sequence in Savage, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. So he, he can do that shit um, and make it genuinely uncomfortable. But I do feel like um, Davison's artwork in this is... Um, it works, because it's suitably caricaturish and suitably gory. Yeah. So it works. Um, but I will just, you know, echo the statement, Aquila needs longer runs to work. Yeah. Or at least more frequent. Or at least more frequent. Perhaps if it had two a year, like Grey Area did for a while. Speaking of Grey Area, it appears to be going into its um, endgame. I think this series is going to end. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't either, but I can't, I, I, I can't even imagine how it can reset its status quo. Oh, no. Especially considering what, what 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 happened with Earth is, it was left ambiguous with Earth whether it actually survived or not. Right. So wouldn't it be like the, the the inevitable if they do fend off the the God Star that's trying to eat the Harmonious Freeze planet and they they just go back to where Earth is and there's nothing. Yeah. That's kind of like that's kind of like what happened with Damnation Station. Like it's it's a it's it's an ending where ultimately everybody loses. Right. Right. Um. If I remember correctly, um, they did like try to send out a transmission for help, so I imagine that'll play uh, play in somewhere at the end. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it a lot. I think Harrison's really, really good on it. Oh yeah, he's, he's definitely for me the definitive artist now because yeah. we had we had like Lee Carter draw a big chunk of it, and I don't think he quite fitted. Yeah. Um, before that, it was uh, Richardson, I think, and. Uh, yeah, Carl Richardson. He, I think he suited it quite well, but then he had to go and do Outlier. Yeah. So, um, uh, overall, Grey Area's actually had some really good artists on it. Um, but it is kind of, like, um, disappointing that it's now coming towards its conclusion. Especially, this whole arc where it's been, um, where it's, they have been in a Grey Area is, like, so much better than the stuff... Of when they uh, were but, the authority. When they were the when they were solving crimes, yeah. There's big one big cliffhanger though. Do you remember? Uh, not cliffhanger. Uh, that, yeah, plot right. That the the guy Birdie is quote unquote marrying. Isn't he like in cahoots with like a terrorist organization? And uh, no, I, that was he was actually revealed to be a um, double double agent. A, a, no, a mole agent. So it's like he'd been sent into that group. I remember that was tied. Oh, okay. Up. What what? What wasn't tied up was the fact that the previous leader of the Grey Area Squad 
killed an ambassador right. for an alien race. That has never been brought up since, even though it was like said, like, oh, we're going to war. Oh, maybe that's who will come rolling in. Ooh. Leading into a new arc. That would be awesome. Maybe they get actually. back to Earth and Earth is at war. Yeah, what well, Earth has been taken over. Yeah. That would be really cool. That 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 actually seems Damn it, I hope we had him get it right because I would have spoiled it now. That would be cool though. Grey Area is top props. What started out is a fairly shaky story has like I really love yeah. it. I really, it's really kind of I really like, like kind of it. It started out as kind of like a weak sauce Judge Dredd and it's really come on come of its own. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and finally, we've got something we really should talk about, Tainted. Yeah, holy, holy crap, Tainted. crap, that's good stuff. I can't... I, I, I was pissed when it ended on a cliffhanger and it just ended. It'll be back. Uh, it'll be back soon. Hopefully soon, um, soon, and not, like, beginning of next year soon. Yeah. Before we get into, like, the big stuff, am I the only one who thought it was absolutely genius that they brought up Owen Chrysler? I don't know what you're talking about. They, they brought up the Judge Child. Oh, right. Like the, yeah, the Sisters of Death are just kind of like, oh, a child will oppose you. A Judge Child. So at first I was going, oh, so it's going to be the girl. She's going to survive. Um, but no, it's definitely the Judge Child. It's definitely Owen Chrysler, which makes so much sense because Mega City 1 doesn't exist in this universe, so Dread would never go out to, like, go on the Judge Child's quest. The Mean Machines, presume, uh, the, the Angel Gang, presumably don't exist. Right. So it's like the only thing that can stop the Dark Judges is the mutant. Right. Which is which is the Judge Child. So that's genius. Is it, is, so uh, I'm a little unclear on the details. So is the Judge Child on its way to Earth, or is it already on Earth? Or? Oh, no, the Judge Child is already on Earth. It was a, it was the mutant that was born with the um, like massive psychic power and the, the shape of a eagle on its, on its forehead. Right. Well, I, I, I know, um, I, know what the, I know what the Judge Child was in. Oh, you know who the Judge Dread, Child, of course. in the Dread universe. We haven't seen him yet in Tainted. It's just a prophecy right now. Yeah, it's just a prophecy. In the same way, it was prophesized um, uh, by oh, Faye, Judge Faye on his deathbed in um, the original Judge Child. So, quest. so presumably, the next book of Tainted will involve whatever the equivalent of the Judge Child quest is going to be in the Dark World. Quite possibly, Dark, yeah. I think that's awesome. That is awesome. Things like that, that makes sense. Mm. Because it just ties together the fact that this is a parallel um, Dread World. Things are similar, but not the same. I I friggin' love Tainted, holy crap. I also really love the fact that the Dark Judges are there. Like right. for one for one part, and then we never see them again. Yeah, we see we see fire and fear. Who looks? Who's looking a bit proto fear? Yeah, he's got like a he's got like a balaclava or something over his yeah. face. Like yeah. he's got a dishcloth on his helmet or something. And um, Mortis still looks like a person, but just a really bloated, like decomposing yeah. body. Yeah, and we don't really see anything of death other than his mouth. So, the sisters still look like people, so this is obviously really early on. The only, the only one that actually looks anything like his, his later appearances is um, Fire, but he's still wearing the helmet. Yeah, he, and actually he looks charred. Right? He's got charred flesh rather than, than flaming bones, so he... Oh yeah, so it's, even, it's, it's, he's new. He's still freshly 
fire. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that I'm mildly disappointed about because in the in the four part like one shots from last year, the, the Tales of Dead World, yeah. um, we didn't get an origin story per se for any of them. This was just basically a day in the life of the Dark Judges. Um, and we don't get an origin really here other than the fact that like, this has happened literally in the space of the last week. Yeah. They have become the Dark Judges. Um, maybe, maybe we'll get a flashback in the next story arc that'll show what they, who they were before. It would appear Mortis was a tech judge because he was, he was the one who was in charge of like introducing the, the, da, uh, the, the dead fluids into the water supply. So it makes sense he was a tech judge. Fire would appear to be a street judge, and um, fears into putting rats on people. Yeah, he's. A, he, I get the feeling he's like the equivalent of the SJS. Yeah, that makes sense. And interrogating, um, so it would kind of make sense. Yeah, and obviously Death's taken over as chief judge. So that all works they all have their own little bits going on and the sisters are PSI division so yeah they're side judges yeah that's cool um no Taint is just awesome and it looks great now who is the big mystery is who is Fairfax I I, I like there's a the theory is that he's like the Judge Dredd equivalent yeah I, I don't know how that would play in exactly if he's like a clone judge or if he's just like maybe my working theory is he's actually Rico mm. the original Rico yeah. like somehow i I'd, I'd say he could actually be like the Fargo of this universe possibly before Fargo went back right um but who knows um he could just be like a schmuck who just happens to be the main character. Yeah, just a, just a nobody. Some rando with a smart-ass bike. The bike, the, that bike, the bike that is bike's the, awesome. the breakout character. Asshole. It, oh, it's, it's, it's kind of like um, a less racist version of Stooky from yeah. uh, Robo Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> it comes out with all the, the, the quirky one-liners, just generally slagging off the main character. Awesome. Love it. And that so yeah that, that brings us through our quote unquote lightning round. Oh yeah, blimey, sorry that did drag <laughs> a bit. But it's good that we get through them all. Oh yeah, and we had a, it should it, it should be less next month because the status quo for 2000 AD is like set now until 2000. Yeah. The the big prog 2000 that's like what two months away. Yep, we're getting there. We're in, we're in 83, 84 now, so that's only. Twelve issues. It's like three months. Oh yeah, blimey, that's going to be awesome. Oh yeah, Brink will be finished before then. We'll have probably one more like shuffle up. And of course, Black Shook uh, started again recently, but we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, next I don't time. have really a lot to say about it yet, except for the first one didn't really do anything for me. I reread the original. I I reread the first Black Shook and it mm-hmm. was okay. I mean, as as a whole, it's better than it was in the weekly, but it it still wasn't actually. okay. Okay. I kind of hope it doesn't turn out to be the new Age of Wolf. Yeah, I don't know. I can't tell you. It's. I will say the way this latest one started in his first chapter with, like, being... Like, they found his body, like, in a, in a modern-day archaeological dig. I don't know what mm. that means for the story, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on it. 
Yeah, I know. We can always talk about it next month when there's another four parts to it, so it should hopefully flesh out a little bit, be into the third act. Yeah. Right, All right so that's that, the end of the lightning yeah, round, and that that's, just that's, about brings us to the end of this episode. Yeah, that's, that was uh, a month in Weekly Shonen Jump in 2000 AD for most of May and some of June. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, yeah, unfortunately, uh, we there won't be a uh, a um, wait, April. Yeah, we didn't do a one for April. No, we didn't do it. April issue. We're, we're both busy. Yeah. We have lives, damn it. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, what do you... Uh, it, darn it. I guess we should just c- conclude it. So, um, so that's it for this uh, episode 10 of uh, Weekly Comics Monthly. Um, if you have any, you know, comments or questions for us, you can uh, send us an email at uh, w, wcm at gmail.com. Wait. Oh, shit. Is it WCM? No, it's Weekly Comics Monthly. It's um, you can send us an e- you can send us an email to weeklycomicsmonthly at gmail dot com. Uh, of course, you can always find us on our website, which is at uh, wcm.guttertrash.net. Uh, you can leave us a comment on our latest episode there, or you can shoot us an email. Um, did you set up a Twitter account? I am in the process of setting up a Twitter account, so um, I will I will plug that in on the website when that's all set up, and uh, I, I should actually probably get that finished tomorrow, if not Sunday. And of course, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, we I always post these videos up on the 2080 forums as well as the 2080 uh, Facebook group. Uh, have not been able to find a weekly Shonen Jump group to really promote it there. So if you... No, anyone has, the problem is with that. Yeah, there's just so many of them. Yeah, if anyone's got... And a lot of them aren't very good Yeah, if anyone's got, like, a good idea of, like, where we can plug the weekly... the the, the, the manga part of this, uh, we are open hmm. for suggestions as we do want to help promote the show, you know, into hmm. those circles. Um, it, it's super easy to get this in front of 2000 AD people. It, it's less easy to get it in front of the, uh, the Shonen Jump people. Indeed. Uh, I do plug each episode in at Twitter, so if you follow me at Hawkmumble on Tumblr, I will be able to plug each episode in for you and just give you an overview of each episode. Um, I should probably start doing it on Facebook as well, actually, now I think about it. Um, I could actually set up an actual Facebook page, if you like, while I'm doing a Twitter yeah, one. Yeah, we could try that. I could do that. I'll, I'll, um, I've got a couple of days off, so I will do that this week. All right. And um, that about wraps us up. up. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you very much. We'll see you again next month on Weekly Comics Monthly.